Oh God, I'm dying. You hear this, you son of a bitch! <coughs> I'm gonna get you for it! I'm gonna get you! And I'm gonna get Eddie! No matter what! to this episode of the Movie Clamp Podcast. I'm one of your hosts and friend till the end, David, and this is my wife, Sherry, and this is the end friend. And on this episode, we'll be covering Child's Play from 1988, and I guess you could say the first film in a long line of sequels and TV shows, but we will get to that later. And I guess if anything, we will uh, jump to Sherry, and what is your history and experience with this movie? I just saw it as a kid video rental yeah Yeah. we watched it a lot yeah it's one of my favorite little horror movies i guess as far as sequels did you see any of those i have seen the second one and i've seen bride of chucky bride of chucky so very popular so that's pretty much uh where you stand Mm, yep history wise okay i've seen this in the theater my opening night it was me and like a group of friends went and the theater was jam-packed for this movie 
And this was one of many movie experiences I remember in that it was just a great experience because everybody was jumped at the right moments and they had the big scares at the right moments and just laughed at the right moments and stuff like that. I mean, I can go into a little bit of that uh, more as we're going into the movie. This is just one that I loved from the first time I seen it and I watched it many times over the years. Not to spoil too much of my review, but this film surprisingly holds up very well. I mean, really well. But I guess, uh, like I said, I'll dig a little bit deeper later on. But with that, I guess what we're going to do here is we're going to drop the trailer. And then we'll go into the cast and crew and then into the main plot. Everyone has a birthday they'll always remember. This is Andy's. Time for bed, Andy. Good night, baby. Good night, Aunt Maggie. Good night, Chucky. Everyone knows most accidents happen at home. How did that happen? This is no accident. Andy! I'm Detective Mike Norris. Homicide. Andy! Miss Peterson's dead. She fell from the kitchen window. Someone's moved in with the Barclay family. And so has terror. Mommy, I know who is on the counter. Andy! Who, Andy? Chucky. Nobody believes you about Chucky. Child's Play, 1988. And to start out here, of course, uh, we have director Tom Holland. And he's directed such films as Fright Night, Fatal Beauty, Thinner, and The Temp. Now, have you seen any of those movies no. that you're aware of? No. So you never seen Fright Night, for example? No, but he did The Langoliers. Yeah, that's that Stephen the King. Stand. Yeah, the miniseries. Uh, Watch all those. Yeah. I figured you might have seen Fatal Beauty. I was like Whoopi Goldberg. I wasn't sure if you'd seen that one. Fatal Beauty. Yeah, it was her and Sam Elliott, I think. I saw it. Yeah. But uh, next up, uh, we go to Catherine Hicks as uh, Karen Barkley. And she was in such films as Razor's Edge, uh, Star Trek IV, Death Valley, and Like Father, Like Son. But she's probably best known as, I think, the mom on uh, Seventh Heaven. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, I think that show was on a long time. So, And then we're going to jump into our next uh, cast member. And that's Chris Sarandon as Mike Norris. 
he was probably one best known. Uh, he was the voice of Jack Skellington in Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, wow. Yeah, he didn't do the singing voice. He did just a regular voice. And, of course, he was in Fright Night as well. He was in Princess Bride and uh, Protocol. Oh, he was the one she was going to marry. Yes, yeah. (laughs) He's done many different things over the years. He's always good in every movie I've ever seen him in. So, I mean, it's like, you know, if you got him in your movie, you're guaranteed he's going to be good in it. Because I know one of my favorite ones is one he did, uh, Bordello of Blood like a Tales from the Crypt movie. He played like it's a rock and roll kind of preacher kind of person, you know, something like that. And he was really good in that. And next we move to uh, Alex Vincent as Andy. And of course, he appeared in Child's Play 2. And then he returned later on for Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky. One of his last films he did before he took a long break was My Family Treasures from 93. So after 93, he didn't really act anymore for a number of years. And finally, of course, we have one of our main stars, even though you only see him very briefly at the beginning, is Brad Dourif, who is Charles Lee Ray, a.k.a. Chucky. And he was in Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, uh, Mississippi Burning, Exorcist Three, and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And there's a few other cast members I might touch on briefly as we get to their characters in the movie. But that's really all I have here. Is there anybody that you want to mention? No. Uh, okay. Well, with that, I guess we will jump into uh, the movie. And we have a fan blowing. I don't know if you can hear it or not, but it's on. It's really high here right now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if you hear a little bit of a something blowing in the background, that's what it is. Like I said, we're going to jump into the film proper here, and we start out. This movie kind of hits the ground running because we see a chase in an alleyway. Uh, I guess this is a police officer chasing a suspect, and he's calling. He has he's pursuing the what Lakeshore Strangler, and it's a he's at uh, what Wabash and Van Buren. There's a big shootout going on, and this person is, he's after his, uh, Charles Lee Ray. And there's a big shootout, and there's like a guy waiting in a car. And Charles is trying to make his way to the car, and then Mike Norris is our cop here, and Mike shoots him in the leg as he's trying to get away. I guess where he called the cop to come? Yeah. When he comes, that car takes off. Yeah, that was... And leaves Charles Lee Ray. And I guess this is um, his getaway car, and it's being driven by Eddie Caputo. Yeah, because as the car speeds off, Charles is like, you know, just almost begging him. Right. It's almost very don't pathetic. Don't leave me. It's almost very pathetic yeah. calling, like, Eddie, don't leave me. Eddie's in the wind. He's gone. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like me if me and Sherry knocked over a bank or something. You know, she would just drive off and leave me and I'd get arrested. So, not if you still had the money. Well, no. I mean, your freedom is more important than the money. And you just sit there and I'm like, well, you know, he's going to jail. <laughs> Charles is just kind of limping away trying to just find any place to hide. Yeah, you see him heading toward a toy store. Yeah, it's a Playland toy store. And he gets over there and he just breaks into the store. Well, he has kind of a little short shootout again with Mike. Then he shoots the doorknob off of the door. Yeah. And yeah. he goes in. Yeah, there's a brief little firefight exchange. And yeah, yeah, he's got to he go somewhere to hide because he's hurt. Yeah, there's another firefight. And then 
Mike gets a good shot on Charles right in the chest and he falls back into some, I guess, a little display of toys. And then he's just crawling away. Mike is like following the blood trail and Charles is like looking like I'm dying and I got to find somebody. Then he just starts to scream at Mike through the store. He says, I'm going to get you and Eddie no matter what. Yeah. And he just screams it like, you hear me? I'm going to get you. And then he just keeps, he's walking through the store. He's just, you, you could tell that he's dying because he's like shuffling through the store. Yeah, and he's, he gets over with those dolls called good guy dolls. Stack of them. Big displays of these good guy dolls. Yeah, and he falls through them and knocks them part of them over. Yeah, he just basically, I guess this is his last gasp. He just falls over, grabs the dolls, and they all just collapse around him. Then he grabs one of the dolls, and he starts to grin and pulls the doll out of the box. He kind of just looks at it. He almost smiles at it. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, let me see about something here. The cop starts hearing him recite like a ritual over this doll. Yeah, he hears it like somewhere in the store, and he's trying to follow the where this is coming from. As this ritual is being said storm clouds start rolling over the top of this store. Mike is like looking up at the skylight and he notices like the storm, you know, it's got something, it just rolled in all of a sudden. He just don't know what's going on. This ritual just keeps going on and keeps going on. And then finally some lightning comes through the skylight and just hits in the middle of the store and basically causes a big explosion. The mic is like blown across the room. Yeah, and you sit there, I almost even look at that. I'm like, how did he even survive I that? don't even know. <laughs> yeah, because that was a hell of a damn explosion because it blows the windows out of the front of the store. Because I was even thinking when I first seen this movie, I'm like, God, he's got to be dead too. That was awfully quick. Then, you know, after the explosion, you see Mike kind of get up and, you know, he looks like he got kind of, you know, knocked around pretty good, but he seems to be all right. He walks over and Ray is dead. Yeah, he walks over and he finds uh, Charles Lee Ray's body and he's just laying there face down. He's he's dead and, of course, he's right there beside a good guy doll. And it just, the camera just pans in on the doll's face. Yes. Bad stuff is coming. <laughs> Oh, bad stuff is coming. <laughs> that sweet little doll face. Yeah, yeah. Then we cut to a scene, I guess it's maybe the next day or a day or two later. Um, well, they, they never are specific with the time it's frame. It's the next day. It's the next day? Mm -hmm. Okay. And we see this little boy, Andy. I think Andy is like six years old. I think uh, from what I remember hearing, uh, he's like six. And he is in there, quote unquote, making breakfast for his mother that we find out later. And he is completely destroying this kitchen. Yeah. It's also playing on the TV, a show called The Good Guy Clubhouse. And this yes. is that same little doll that we've seen. It's obviously a popular something right then because yeah, like, he's watching the show. Like a little kid's show, like yeah. the Saturday morning cartoons or something like that. Like he puts bread in the toaster and he... Pour cereal in a bowl, which looks like something fruity pebbles or that something that's very sugary already. Well, if, ready. You, if you notice, he's wearing the same stuff that the good guys the on the cartoon, and the cereal I think is good guy cereal. Yeah, he's a, he's a fan. Yeah, well, to to put yeah. it mildly, he's, he's a fan. A, he loves good guys, and he is like I mean that cereal he's putting 
teaspoons of sugar or tablespoons of sugar into this cereal already, which is already, yes. that, that probably turned it into a narcotic. Oh, you know, putting I that kill this sugar. kid. Yeah. He's just spilling it everywhere. Like I, he literally pours half of the box of cereal on this one little bowl. Yeah. He's trying to make breakfast. He's doing the best he can. Here's something on the TV and then he looks and there's like this person in a good guy costume talking about how these new dolls are out. Um, Obviously the first time he's seen this commercial that they're actually selling dolls. Like good guy dolls. He's just like mesmerized like oh boy. Then he gets up and he grabs his tray to food. Well he knows the toast is burning. He burns the toast to a crisp. Then, not only, it's not edible no, at all. No. He takes it over, puts it on the tray with the cereal, and then he probably takes half of the butter out of the Tupperware and throws it on this toast. Well, you got to do something to cover up the burnt taste on it. <laughs> this reminds me of those, like, Mother Day breakfasts that fathers let their kids make yeah. breakfast for the mother. And yes. They trash the whole house doing that, and she has to clean it up later. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, of like course. Happy Mother's Day. Of course. But he grabs this tray of pretty much unedible food. As he's walking with a tray, you look over in a corner and there's a big box that yeah. looks like it could hold a good, good guy, guy doll. doll. Yeah. And of course, you kind of see like little things that mm-hmm. says happy birthday. So this is his birthday. So he looks over and thinking, oh boy, I got a good guy doll in yeah, that big box. Yeah, he thinks he does. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see him, you know, he's taking a tray to the room and spilling shit all over the floor. Spilling the orange juice and milk all in the floor. He goes in there, and he's just trying to rouse his mama up out of bed, and she's just like, oh, I just want to sleep, and then he pulls the blinds Yeah, up. she says it's only 6.30 in the morning, and how long's he been up? He says, forever. Yeah, well, it's your birthday, and you're getting <laughs> gifts. You get up bright and early. I can relate to that. <laughs> I can definitely relate to that. Your birthday or Christmas, you are up before the crack of dawn. You know, he's just like, you know, it's, tells her, you know, such a beautiful day out. And I brought you breakfast in bed and just hands that tray out. And she just, you know, she does the mom thing. She looks at it and like, you know, that's my good boy and everything. Yeah. And picks up the toast and the big thing of a glob of butter falls off of it. And she's like, well, maybe I'll eat this later, which <laughs> will never be eaten. I guess it's the thought that counts. I, sp- I don't know, but I'd be like, what the fuck? Well, I think that's <laughs> what it is. The, you could tell in this scene or mom and son's relationship yeah, because you know sweet. tummy kisses on him and everything what does she call him tummy. she grabs him and she says it's time for your super duper tummy gummies yeah and she's uh, blowing on his stomach yeah and you can just tell that these two have a great yeah. relationship together and he asks, can i open my present now she's like yeah and they go into the living room he wants to open the big one first naturally he runs by the tv and it's talking about Charles Lee Rabian, the Lake Lake Shore Strangler, being killed the night before at 3 a.m. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, this was that was the night before. Okay, I forgot about that little part. Andy's totally not paying attention to anything but getting that big box open. And, yeah, you know, she didn't even pay attention. Yeah, she just turns the, no, the sound down on the TV. And he goes over and he tears this box open. And he gets the worst present any kid can get. Clothes. I felt so for this kid when I mean even I think I've seen this movie I was like 15 when it came out or so and even I looked at that scene I was like I so can feel your pain kid and it's not only clothes it's probably like goodwill clothes it's hand-me-downs yeah it's hand-me-downs because she's talking about she's gonna have to take the pants up a little bit yeah because they're a little too long so these are not even new clothes 
you know, you could see the look on this boy's face. Like, oh, no. He's disappointed. And she says, what's wrong? And he says, you know, she's like, you wanted toys, didn't you? And he said, yes. And she tells him to open his smaller present, which ends up being this little tool set. It's, like a, it's a good guy tool toolkit yeah. kind of thing, like a tool set. And he says, I want a good guy to go with it. And she said she didn't see the advertisement in time to save the money out. Yeah, so I guess... This, obviously, it, this is a very new doll. Yeah, it just came out and probably high dollar, you know, and she mm-hmm. just didn't have the money. It's not like she was purposely doing it. It's just that, you know, time just wasn't there and money wasn't there. And sometimes it's even harder on a parent. I mean, I'm not a parent, but I've had friends that... You know, they were so upset because they couldn't afford something their kid wanted. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it tears you down. Well, I mean, it's like I said, that's every parent. Yeah, you're still like you a failure. Want, yeah, there's times you want to get them stuff, and sometimes money just isn't there to do it. It happens to every parent, I'm sure. And then we cut to, I guess, where it where Karen works. Yeah. And it looks like, like a department store kind yeah. of uh, area. She works at a jewelry counter. And then we have her friend Maggie run up. And Maggie's played by Dinah Madinoff. She was on the TV show Empty Nest, uh, among other things. I know I've seen her in many other things, but that's probably one of the things she's most well known for. Which I never do recognize her in this movie. I guess it's her hair's different or something Mm -hmm. like that, and that kind of always throws me off. But she runs up to Karen and says, you know, come on, there's a peddler down there in the alley who is selling one of these good guy dolls. She said, we need to hurry up and get down there before he's gone. Karen's like, well, I can't leave my desk. She, and she's like, oh, just forget it. Come on, we, we can get, we'll be down there and back real quick. They go up to him. Karen looks at it and she's like, it's one of them. She says, how much do you want for it? And he says, $50. Maggie tells Karen that it's not even worth $10. <laughs> which they're selling them for 100 at the store. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. No, Maggie's doing some haggling is what she's trying to do. <laughs> but the guy then says 30 and Karen says she'll take it. Which for something like that probably back then mm-hmm. was a good price yes. probably for something like that at the time. Basically, after he leaves, you know, he gives, you know, the exchange happens, he leaves. And Maggie's something like, you know, how do you know he didn't steal it? Then the guy grabs his crotch and like, well, steal this. <laughs> <laughs> You know. As he walked off, as he walks off, she says, "I think I dated him." <laughs> yeah, bad teeth and all. Ew. Yeah, yeah. This guy. I know he's got some rotten teeth. Yeah, he's his teeth. Uh, yeah, he's got gingivitis. <laughs> but then they head back up to the desk, and as we get up there, we see a bow-tied little dweeb of a man named. I think his name is Criswell. And you take one look at him and say, "This is the manager." Yeah, this is the manager. <laughs> Waiting on him, and he they come back up, and he says, well, you know, was it a nice break, and everything, basically. Maggie's like, well, we were just down there buying a toy for her son for his birthday, you know. We so, yeah, we were just gone for a minute. Like, well, you have specified break times. Yeah, so he's pulling the old company uh, mm-hmm. policies out in front of him. And then his boss just basically tells Karen, Karen I, I was about to say Maggie, but tells Karen that he needs her to work tonight. Because, a double shift. A double shift tonight because somebody is out or something. Somebody called in sick. My question is, is can they do that? She wasn't scheduled to. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just was always wondering that because I've had bosses come up to me and ask me to work over. I wasn't forced to right. do it. I don't know. That's just very weird. I had a job where they would kind of 
say, oh, we've got this much overtime you've got to do this week. They didn't really ask you. Oh, okay. It's mandatory. Uh, Karen says, you know, I can't do it. I got to pick up my son. And, you know, Maggie, of course, says, well, I'll fill in. You know, don't worry about it. And that uh, Criswell says, well, you don't work in this department. Yeah, you work in shoes. This yeah. is jewelry. Yeah, so he wants uh, here and there. So not only are they friends, they're coworkers. Yeah. Then this is where it's interesting to me. That's why I was wondering if you could do this because Criswell makes like this idle threat of like, do you like your job? And I'm like, so that's basically you work or else. Or else. So I don't know. That's just that. I guess I hate uh, bosses and I hate that kind of stuff anyway. And that just, well, that really rubs me well, the wrong way. The test is when you challenge them. Yeah. See what they do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, no, I don't like my job I would here. be like, yes, I like my job, but I also have a life. Yeah. I like my job, but I don't like it enough to, be, to live here. <laughs> yeah. You know, Karen kind of gets the idea of like, okay, I don't do this tonight. I lose my job. And then Maggie says, don't worry about it. She'll take care of Andy tonight and everything. You know, just do what you got to do. Yeah, and Karen's like, I can't ask you to do that again. I guess she's done it before. And yeah. Maggie says... It'll be the hottest date I've had in a while. And then uh, Criswell's like, I can't imagine why. <laughs> Peanut gallery. Yeah, I know. Like, like he gets dates at all. Oh, who knows? He might be a great guy, you know, outside of work. You know, he might be a ladies' man. Mm, that bow tie, he's yeah. got to be. Well, you get a bow tie on and a pimp hat. He might be good to go. <laughs> Next, we cut to Karen coming home with Andy. And she's got like this big box in there. And Andy's just running into the living room. And she's like, uh, well, where are you uh, going? And he's like, you know, the good guy cartoons on TV. And she said, well, wait a minute. I got something for you here. And then he looks and he says, I'm just going to tell you, this isn't groceries I got. And he just looks and his eyes get really big. I was just wondering why he didn't fixate on this box and the size it was like he did before. I guess he thought he wasn't getting yeah, it. Yeah, well, that's what I'm assuming, yeah. too. He just probably thought I wasn't going to get that. He's a better kid about it than probably some kids I've seen. Yeah, I mean, he didn't. He just acted sad. He didn't act bratty. No, no, no. So he takes the box over to the couch, and he pulls, he opens it, and it's a good guy doll. He pulls the doll out, and he's so excited. His mom asks how it works, and then he says his name is Andy, and then... Asks what's his name, and then it turns and looks at him, and it says, "I'm Chucky." And I'm fr- I'm your friend to the end. Yeah. Heidi ho, ha ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell this little boy's just ecstatic over this. It's his dream come true. And of course, he gives his mom a big hug for this. This is probably the center of his world at yes. six years old. Mm-hmm. And you can tell by the clothes that he wears, the good guy stuff, and what was talking about earlier. So this is right here's the cherry on top, getting a good guy for of his own. He's actually got his new friend. Yeah, a new friend. Yes. And then we cut to uh, later, and I guess this is at night, and Maggie is there taking care of things in the kitchen and stuff, and Andy is in the living room with Chucky. As they're playing, I think Andy's doing something actually with that little tool thing, um... Uh, yeah, he's building something, and Chucky's sitting there with a construction hat on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the news comes on, and then there's, I guess, kind of a news flash or something. There's news of Eddie Caputo escaping from the Michigan County Precinct. And that was that guy that left Charles Lee Ray in the car. And then you see Chucky's head turn to the TV. I was like, what? Yeah. That doll listening to the TV? Yeah. <laughs> Andy looks over and confused, said, Chucky, I thought you were supposed to be watching me. 
his head comes back over and he looks at Andy and he says, hey, you want to play? Then you see Andy in the background from uh, Maggie and uh, Andy walks over to Chucky and it's like leaning down. And it's like almost like Chucky's whispering something to him. She's got her back to this the whole time. Andy uh, uh, asks Maggie, you know, because Maggie says it's time for him to go to bed. Andy says Chucky wants to step and watch the 9 o'clock news. <laughs> She's like, sure he does. Yeah, sure he does. She goes in the living room and turns the TV off and then picks Andy, Andy up and starts to walk towards the bedroom with him. And he's like, Chucky! Yeah. Because you know, he's still sitting in the floor. So she goes back and she grabs Chucky up by his arm. Chucky gets manhandled <laughs> a lot by people in these movies. <laughs> you know, just snatched up by his arm, by his leg or anything. Yeah. That's, that's a running pattern I've seen in these movies. Then, you know, basically you see Andy is, you know, taken in there. He's brushing his teeth. Maggie is in the kitchen cleaning up. And then about the time the TV comes on very loudly. And she, it startles her. Naturally. Yeah, and it says it's the 9 o'clock news. And then she walks in there, slowly walks into the living room and walks around over there in front of, in a chair in front of the TV, Chucky's sitting there. She just kind of looks and she's kind of confused and kind of a little pissed off, I think, too. Yeah, because she thinks Andy put him there and she told him to go to bed. Yeah, she turns off TV and grabs the doll. And goes back in there. Andy's just coming out of the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And she says, what, you know, why'd you put the doll in front of the TV? But she was like, he was like, I didn't do it. He was in there brushing his teeth. What What did Chucky do? Did he just walk in there by himself? Yeah, and, you know, of course, Andy don't have anything. He can't say anything. He, he turns to Chucky and he asked him, did he do that? Yeah, yeah, like he's going to do that. <laughs> and Maggie tells Andy to stop it. Get under the covers and go to bed. She tells Andy good night and happy birthday. And then she goes out of the room. And then Andy looks over to Chucky and says, told you she wouldn't be happy if you watched the news. And then he kisses Chucky goodnight and gets ready to go to sleep. Scene ends with it. The camera zooming in on Chucky's face. Uh, yeah. And then we cut, I guess, to the living room. And Maggie's in there, like, you know, lay, sitting on the couch and reading a book. She goes over and closes the window, I guess, because, you it's know, cold. It's, it's very cold. As she's doing that, we see the bedroom door creak open don't see him we see a point of view of something running across the hallway and as maggie's sitting there on the couch behind the, her we see a little doll we see a chucky doll run uh, behind her it's very quick well all you see is the good guy outfit yeah and he has one on too to me it's so short it's shorter than he is <laughs> so it, it's it's that little doll to me <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you could say it was Andy. And yeah, that but you're trying to be rational that dolls aren't alive, so you would think it was Andy. When he got a Dewey Day Dambella uh, <laughs> there, you already the Chucky doll. He, and Maggie calls out Andy's name, and he doesn't answer, and you see someone moving a chair across the living room floor. What was he moving the chair for? He can get up on the counter. Is that what he was mm -hmm. using that for? Okay. Mm -hmm. Maggie... Just keeps hearing noises. She looks around. And she does notice that the bedroom door is ajar. But the weird thing is, is the chair's against the door. So I was trying to figure out why he just put that chair up against the door like that. Was that the front door? Yeah. So I guess somebody couldn't come in. I guess so. I mean, I just thought that was odd. And then she hears more noise. And it's coming from the kitchen. And she goes into the kitchen and she notes like a big spill of flour 
on the floor, like from a flower container. And it, it's kind of laying in the floor, and she thinks maybe that's what she heard bumping. Yeah, maybe the the thing fell on the floor. She's trying to rationalize everything she's hearing. Well, of course. <laughs> and then about that time, the phone rings, and it scares the hell out of her naturally because it's one of those loud old ass phones that we used to have. <laughs> it's the right buyer. And it's just Karen calling just to check in and see how everything's going. And Maggie says she's all right. She says she's just a little spooked being there by herself like that. Yeah, what does she say? She's like, I've got the case of the alone at night willies. Yeah, but she tells Karen that she's okay. You know, she'll be fine. And then Karen's like, okay, that's great. She says she'll be home soon. You know, I think her shift's about to end and she'll be back in soon. Karen hangs up. And she just kind of walks around back over there around where that flower is. And then we see a little doll hand go grab a hammer out of that good guy toy thing. We're going to start to clean up the flower. Then she looks over where there's some like potted plants in the corner. There's a curtain blowing. Yeah, there's a curtain blowing. It's like the window's open and the curtain's blowing. Yeah. And she walks over there and moves the plants. I guess maybe she thinks something maybe got in the window. and it's behind there. Behind there. And she moves the plants. Nothing there. Then she feels kind of dumb for being so scared. Yeah, you know, just, okay, I'm being irrational here. You Mm -hmm. know, just, you know, like she said, it's the late night kind of willies, you know, by herself at home. And she turns around and she gets, has this kind of startled look on her face. And then a hammer hits her right in the forehead. Yeah, it hits her right smack in the face. And she just is not backwards from this and flies right out the window. The kitchen window all the way down to the first floor. And she falls through a truck. That was a great stunt because that's like one of those, like nowadays that would be CGI mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And that was a, that this was a is real like stunt. Because this is like you follow her all the way down like, ah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then she lands like right, right. On, right on top of that car and just smash it. I mean, she's done. That's I think it. they said later on they were on the sixth floor. So she fell all the way from the sixth floor. Um, There's no chance of survival on that one. Yeah, like I said, she, she yeah, she's done. Goodbye, That's Maggie. It. Yeah, she, very briefly, but she didn't quite make it. We cut to, I guess this is maybe just a little bit later. You know, Karen's getting off the bus here near her apartment. And then she kind of walks over and she notices police cars and stuff all around her building. And naturally, she's kind of freaking out by this. She runs into the building. She goes up to where her apartment is and she notices that's where the police are huddled around. And then one of the cops tries to stop her. She's going in. She says, no, I live here. And she goes in and she sees all the cops around dusting for prints, looking around at stuff. And she's calling for Andy. Yeah, she's panicking. She's panicking. Well, like, where's my boy? Where's my mm-hmm. son? And she's like just going through the whole apartment. Then finally, she it goes into Andy's room. And Andy is sitting there on the bed with the cop from the beginning. And this is a Mike Norris. So apparently he is there to investigate. He also uh, says he's Mike Norris from Homicide. Homicide. Karen asks, like, where's Maggie? And then Andy says that uh, Aunt Maggie had an accident. Yeah, I'll say. Mike comes up to Karen and says, Look, can we go out, out of the room here and talk for a minute? And, you know, they go out and leave. And then he tells Karen that Maggie's dead and that she fell out of a window. And you can see this hits Karen pretty hard because she nearly just her her legs almost just got from under hearing yeah, this. This is our best friend. Yeah. Mike is just like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? And he just kind of helps hold her up and everything. And he just like, uh, you know, kind of just leads her toward the kitchen. 
And she sees the windows all busted out, and she breaks down again. Yeah. Then she shows he shows Karen like this stuff is spilled on the floor. And he also asked her if she knows what the footprints are on the counter. There you go, because there's flour on the counter, and there's footprints, like shoe prints, on the counter, small. So this prints. is not a an adult footprints. Karen is kind of, I guess she's kind of coming out of her grief haze. Wait, no, yeah, Andy yeah, did it. Yeah, and that's what she even asked. She said, what are you insinuating? And he's yeah. like, oh, nothing. And then he said, don't worry about it. I checked all the shoes in Andy's closet. They don't match. Then about that time, Andy comes into the kitchen and says that Chucky wants to know what's going on. And she just tells Andy to go go back to bed. Said they're very busy. She doesn't want him around, Detective Norris, because he's on his radar. Mike kind of just happens to look at Andy's shoes as he's walking away. He says, Andy, what kind of uh, shoes you have on? And then he says they're like good guy, like PJ sneakers. Yeah, they have like little footsies built, you know, in the yeah. bottom. And then uh, Mike's like, okay, wow. You know, he says, can I see, see them? Andy's like, sure. And then he kind of looks at the bottom of them. And he notices like the same pattern. It's like the little symbols of those little tools that were in that box yes. are on the bottom. But there's no flower there's on no the flower bottom, on his bottom shoes. of his shoes. Karen just says, Andy, just go to bed. Yeah, because he, she knows what Mike's doing. Mike is trying to look at Andy as a possible suspect here. Yeah, when Andy walks off, Karen's like, why are you treating him this way? Like, if he told you he doesn't know how those footprints got there, he's telling you the truth. Yeah, yeah. And the detective's like, well, who made those footprints if not Andy? And she says, I don't know. I don't care. Just lost her best friend, and she'd like some alone time with her son. Yeah. You know, and then Mike's like, okay. You know, and then he starts telling all the guys, okay, let's get this wrapped up and clear out of here. Goes into Andy's room, and he's asking Chucky, why did that detective, why was he so interested in his shoes? There we go. Okay. And Chucky's just kind of sitting in the chair just... And Andy starts to go to sleep, but then he notices he looks Chucky's it. wearing the same kind of shoes. And there's flour. And there's flour on them. And there's flour on the shoes. Yeah. Uh, y'all got to excuse me. I had a, a little, our little Chucky in the house always messes with me when I'm doing notes. <laughs> and sometimes my notes get a little thrown off. But yeah. She's jealous. Yeah, she's jealous of notes taken. Andy comes running out of the room and says... I know who was up on the counter. And Mike's like, oh, really? Who is it? He says it was Chucky. And Mike just looks at like the doll. (laughs) And (laughs) And Andy nods his head. And Karen tells Andy, go to bed. Detective Norris kind of has this bemused look on his face. Yeah, kind of a bewildered kind of look. Like a doll? Yeah, a doll. Yeah. (laughs) And he does a pretty good Chicago accent here. Because I've heard people from Chicago talk. Mm -hmm. And he's got a pretty good accent there going on. For him. Yeah, Chris Sarandon actually seemed to like, uh, you know, seemed like he tried to get the accent down. Karen is basically, okay, this is official. I'm just shooing you people out of here. Then Mike is, you know, he's one of the last ones out the door, naturally. Then he asks, uh, as she closes the door, like, are you going to call me? And then she's like, well, you never give up. And he says, well, I hate loose ends. And she tells him she hates people who don't know when to stop. So she slams the door in his yeah, face. Yeah, slams the door. You know, Mike is out there outside with his partner. I can't even remember what his name was. I didn't write it down. I just said his partner. Yeah. 
Mike's partner just looks at him like, Woo, boy, she was red hot at, on She's you. Spicy. Yeah. Mike just tells his partner, like, I want that autopsy report in the morning on mm-hmm. my desk, first thing. And then he gives him a bag with a small hammer in it. Well, before he does that, he also tells him to get as much on Karen and Andy yeah, as, yeah. find as much on them as he can. Yeah, and then he hands them the bag with a hammer that he found in the kitchen. He says, send it to the lab, and he says it's a possible murder weapon. And his partner's like, really, that thing? It's like a little kid hammer, but you know what? That hammer hit her in the head hard. I would not let my kid have that hammer. Well, yeah, and oh, I hit the little uh, Sabrina girl. I didn't know she was under the Yeah, fence. I didn't either. The way it impacted on her, it like it hit her like on the forehead and on the bridge of the nose. Mm-hmm. So it probably, it, it could stun you pretty good. You know how little kids just like to hit everything? Yeah. A little bit later, we see Karen, I think she's like in the bathroom. And then she hears Andy talking. And, but you can't really hear everything, but you can hear him talking. Can't hear who he's talking to. Yeah, she goes in his room, and he's sitting in the floor, and Chucky's still sitting in the chair. She asked him, who are you talking to? It's very creepy. Yeah. Because he's just sitting there, like, cross-legged on... Like, having a whole conversation with this doll. Yeah. And then, yeah, she, he says he's talking to Chucky. Karen just kind of walks over, and she's just kind of playing along, says, Chucky's been talking to you, too. What's he saying? And he's just, like, says, oh, he's been saying a lot of things. And he says, you know, his real name is Charles Lee Ray. And he's been sent down from heaven by daddy to play with me. Yeah, so this is the first reference of the father. He must be dead. I would be like, if my kid said a name like this, I would be like, where did you get this name from? Yeah, because I think uh, you see a picture of the dad. If I remember, there was one scene where you see the picture of the dad and everything. And the dad is uh, director Tom Holland. Oh, is he? Yeah, that's his picture (laughs) in there. Yeah, because that is a weird name to just be pulling out of thin air like that. Yeah. Like Bob Thomas or something <laughs> like that. Charles Lee Ray. And then Karen's just kind of being a little bit more inquisitive. Like, is he saying anything else? And he says, yeah. He says, Aunt Maggie was a real bitch and got what she deserved. Whoa. Yeah. That's when Karen just flips out, like, how could you say something, something like that? And she says, well, I didn't say it. Chucky said it. He said, she says, Andy, stop it. Making all this up. And he said, and he keeps just, he's very adamant that I did not say it. Chucky said it. Yeah, Chucky's alive. And Karen grabs Chuck, grabs Chucky and says to Andy that Chucky's just a doll yeah. made of plastic and stuffing. And Andy grabs Chucky's leg. Stop, you'll hurt him. Yeah. You know? She grabs Chucky again and just shows him to Annie and asks, you don't really think Chucky's alive, do you? He said yes. Yeah, but he is. And then he just says, I know why you're mad at me. It's because you're mad because of Aunt Maggie. Karen just kind of softens like, yeah, it probably is. No, what she's hearing is crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it is. But, you know, then Andy's like, well, I'm sorry. I'll just quit making up these stories. Then she asked, uh, do you want to come in there and sleep with me tonight? And he's like, no, I got Chucky. She puts Andy to bed. Yeah, she's like sitting there, you know, she walks out the door, she sits there and listens. And then she's listening to Andy's conversation and Andy's talking to Chucky and says, Andy, I told you she wouldn't believe me. And then Chucky's head turns toward the door and he notices like a shadow outside the door, like somebody standing there. He says, hi, I like to be hugged. Yeah, and then Andy's like, I like to hug you. And then she leaves, and then Chucky's eyes just close. Yes, he's going to sleep, too. He had a long, long day as well. 
which is one of the things that's interesting to me is when you watch these kinds of films now i mean you've seen little glimpses of chucky moving around but in most movies now never made nowadays you would literally see from the moment from the word right. go you know they <laughs> kind of play it a little close close to the chest on this because he's wearing the same thing andy's wearing yeah. in most of the first parts of the scenes so you're like is it this kid and then he says something like that you're like what's up with this kid yeah exactly <laughs> Then we are uh, the next day, and Karen is taking uh, Andy to school. I think she's kind of asking, like, are you going to be okay going today and everything? And he's got his Chucky doll with him. And then she just kind of sends him in. And she, I guess she'll go pick him up this afternoon. And as she is leaving, going down the sidewalk, this boy goes out the front door, looks around, I guess, to make sure his mom probably isn't there looking for him, takes his doll. And he's going down the road. Did you see the other kid with the doll? Yeah, there's another a number. Doll. Yeah, there's a number. Yeah. So, obviously, this doll is very... This doll is like, in my time, my buddy and well, kid sister. I was going to get into that in my trivia stuff. I have a lot about that kind <laughs> I, of stuff. We can never afford that, but I did have cabbage patches. and. Yeah, I was going to get into that, too. And I had a my child. <laughs> yeah, I was going to get into that in my trivia, but yeah, there's a lot of that stuff in this movie. A yeah, lot of it. carrying Chucky, who is almost as big as he is. He gets into, I guess what you call it, he's like on a train. Yeah, he's like on public. Yeah, public transportation, like a train. Yeah, and he keeps whispering things into Chucky's ears. And I'm thinking, do no adults even pay attention to this kid? This is the era of latchkey kids. I guess so. You know, that's exactly what That's it what is. this is. You I've were, been like, why is that kid alone? You wouldn't see that kind of thing now. You're looking at it from the frame of time of what it is now. Back then, that was nothing. That was not uncommon. They would People would put children on planes by themselves. And like I said, you see like Andy whispering into Chucky's ear and like him holding Chucky up to his ear. Like they're talking. Like they're and then the train stops at 47th Street, and Andy gets off the train with Chucky. And as they're walking down there, Chucky, uh, he puts his ear down to Chucky. It's like Chucky's telling him, go this way. And then Andy starts headed down this uh, side road. Yeah, he's headed into a really run-down part of the city where there's lots of homeless people just kind of standing around barrels that have fire in them to keep warm. Yeah. And then we are at like this old kind of dilapidated looking house. Yeah. And I think it's just like basically like, is this it? Is this where Eddie is? And then you realize, oh, he's taking him to Eddie Caputo. Who yeah. he said, I'll get you. And Andy puts Chucky in this like old little rocking chair that's sitting out there. <laughs> and Andy has to go to the bathroom. He has to go tinkle. Yeah, he has to go tinkle. <laughs> yeah. And then Andy disappears, and he's over there taking care of his business, and he's like, says, Chucky, I'll be there soon. And then you cut to the rocking chair, and it's sitting there empty, but it's rocking. Yeah, and then you see a little point of view of the little little person <laughs> running up the, to this house. <laughs> you see a door open, and a little hand comes in the door frame. Yes. And then we are inside this rat-infested house. Yeah, and you see Eddie's asleep in the house. So I guess, you know, he escaped, and I guess this is a, his, his a hideout. It's just a abandoned, run-down house. Or one of his hideouts. Eddie wakes up, and he kind of starts to hear some noise in the house. 
But, you know, I guess, of course, you know, you got rats in there. You don't know what it is. Well, he also, Chucky goes into the kitchen and he opens the oven door. When yes. it drops down, it wakes Eddie up. Yeah. Because it blammed. And he just immediately wakes up holding a gun. He's got his gun at ready. Then we cut back to outside and then Andy goes back over to where he left Chucky and he notices Chucky's not in his chair. Eddie's walking around searching the house with his gun. You know, not finding anything. Doesn't Chucky like turn the pilot light or something on? on yeah, he the turns oven? the gas on. The, the gas stove. on. You see the there's a little fire in the yeah. oven. Yeah. Eddie like fires the gun into one of the rooms. I guess he hears like some of the rats and he assumes somebody's in there and he fires once. But nothing happens. And Andy's like going around the house calling for Chucky. Because Eddie looks outside and he notices this little boy calling out for Chucky, calling for a dog. Because he, he looks and he almost points his gun at him. He's like, oh, that's just a kid. Yeah. I ain't worried about that. Eddie kind of walks around again and he hears more noise. And he opens up the kitchen. I guess he hears the hissing and stuff from the uh, oven. And then he opens the door and he fires. And then the house just blows up. Now, how the hell... Andy didn't get blown up. He like had very, to. Have, he he would have had to been so far from this house not to get hurt. Yeah, because that was a hell of a damn explosion. Yeah, because I house. was like, uh oh, Andy is right by this house. Yeah, because the last you seen him, he was literally just walking right, mm-hmm. like right around that house. Yeah. So how he didn't get blown up, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But this house, I think I remember hearing that this explosion was so bad. That neighbors and everybody was calling the cops because I think they expected a house to blow mm-hmm. up, but not like that. Wow. But yeah, this was a hell of a damn explosion. So, so long, Eddie. Yeah, Eddie Caputo is no more. <laughs> and with that, we're going to take a break right here. And then when we come back, we will uh, go into the second half of Child's Play. This is the doll your daddy's going to make in Mexico. This is the factory where we're going to make her and sew her little dresses. My first sale. Sweet dreams, Dolly. Good night, Dolly. You're gonna be my new playmate. These creatures are very haunting. Why did you push Camilla? Dolly told me. Stop saying that. Dolly locked the door. She doesn't like people coming in here. Oh my God. She's in the dollhouse. Our house. She scared me. Really scared me. We can't just pack up because our seven-year-old is having a tantrum. What is happening to my daughter? The devil takes any form it desires. It'll do anything to spread its word to the children. I'm taking the doll out of the bed, and I don't want to hear another word about it. I'll kill you! I'll kill you! It's the doll. It's it's controlling her somehow. What you're saying is completely irrational. Next scene here, we see Karen arriving at the police station. 
and she walks in she's just looking around and then we see uh mike spots her he uh mentions to her he says uh well ha- have you been to school to pick up your son yet yeah she says no i came straight from work yeah he says i don't know why and then he escorts her he says uh come to my office and then they walk in and he just kind of just looks at her and he says i don't really know how to tell you this she's like what yeah i know she's just kind of confused i mean she don't need, i mean i imagine she was called down there and she don't know why she's being called yeah, and it goes to andy sitting in a room with detective norris's partner yeah and it's like an interview room yeah and andy's in there with chucky i don't know how andy found chucky after that or what happened but point yeah. being is andy is fine I mean, I guess the way they're setting up his scene is you almost could assume that Andy was killed in the explosion. Because he says, I don't know how to tell you this. Yeah, because yeah. when you look at that, but then, of course, there you see nope. Andy is fine and Chucky is fine, too. Mike's partners just ask Andy some questions. And um, Karen and Mike are kind of looking through like a two-way mirror mm-hmm. at what what's going on in this room. And Andy says... Uh, Maggie maybe seen Chucky and it scared her and she fell out the window. Then we hear him ask a question of like, well, why did Chucky want to go see Eddie Caputo? <laughs> yeah. Which is a very interesting thing to ask. And so I guess they found him, found him near. Yeah, I found him near that house where it blew up. I, I don't know how there was any of Eddie left for them to identify, but... Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> that's true. Well, maybe they probably knew that was one of his kind of hideouts that he just, maybe, so. maybe, you know, and they knew he was in there. Before Andy can answer, Karen and Mike come in the room. Mike kind of motions for his partner to just kind of leave the room. He does. And then Karen just sits and just leans down with Andy and says, Andy, here's the thing about this. Nobody believes you about Chucky. And if you yeah. don't t- start telling the truth, they're going to take you away from me. Then Andy just kind of looks over at Chucky and says, "Would well, you hear that? They're going to take me away. And then he just gets up and tells Chucky, say something. And he starts to like shake the doll. Chucky says, well, we're friends to the end. Hidey ho. And then Andy shakes the doll and punches it. <laughs> he punches it right in the stomach. Yeah, I know. He's uh, not loving his doll as much as he used to. No, and then... He says, Mom, and he tells his mom he's doing this on purpose. And he says, uh, he said, uh, Chucky basically told me if he told anyone about him, he would kill me. Wow. He now, sounds crazy. Yeah, he sounds crazy. But if my child was saying something like that, I don't yeah. know. It's hard to believe it. Kids can come up with outlandish stuff, but when they come up with stuff like that. He's only six. Yeah, he's only six. And most kids that are six years old don't have a filter right oh they will tell you the hard truth no matter well, what it they're is they're still learning social cues and they're still learning yeah. what's right and wrong yeah and then about that time we hear a voice kind of come over to intercom and this is dr ardmore and dr ardmore is played by an actor named jack colvin now anybody who knows him knows he is the investigative reporter jack mcgee from the incredible hulk TV series, the man who was after David Banner through the whole run of the show. And that's probably the main thing he was known for. But he announces over the intercom that he's from the county general 
And he says, basically, he says, I've seen everything I need to see here. And he thinks Andy needs to come and stay with them for a few days. I guess for a psych evaluation, mm -hmm. basically. Of course, I guess really at this stage in the game, Karen can't do nothing about this. Because, yeah, because how do you how do you, how do you prove that a doll's alive? Yeah, and her she son, doesn't really even believe it. Yeah, I know, and her son sounds crazy. Yes, but it's like I said. I mean, to me, six-year-olds don't tend to lie a lot. So, particularly with coming up with weird names like Charles Lee Ray and stuff like that. And saying something so horrible about Maggie when he would, loved her. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's out of character. Uh, very out of character. And then we cut next to Karen's apartment, which to me is one of the best scenes in this it's movie. It's my favorite scene in this whole movie. This is like, probably hands down, I mean this movie has many great scenes, but this mm -hmm. is probably one of the best, not the best scene. Karen goes to the apartment. She's got Chucky in her hand, and you can tell that she's just out of it. I didn't throw him in the trash. Well, I think she considers it. But then she sits the doll down, and she's sitting down in front of it, and she says, just talk to me. And he's like, talk to me, damn it. The Chucky just blinks his eyes and says, I'd like to be hugged. And then <laughs> she just kind of laughs a little bit. And she feels crazy. Yeah, you know, she feels crazy herself. She's like, this doll is just, it's a doll. It's a doll. And she just goes to the kitchen, you know, just gets a glass of water, just kind of glances over at the corner, and there's the box for the doll, this big-ass box. But, but before that, it's so creepy with Chucky sitting behind her. Well, that's what I was going to get to. Her back you, is you to see. Chucky. Yeah. And he's just sitting there. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. That <laughs> it's so creepy. Because she glances over to the box, and then you notice, like, right behind over her shoulder, Chucky's just still sitting, sitting there. there. Just sitting there. I kept, I kept expecting him to be gone. Oh, well, that would have been even creepier, but... <laughs> But no, they didn't do it right there. And she just goes over to the box and just starts picking it up. I guess she's just going to kind of look around at the instructions on the doll and yeah. just see about anything. And then she picks up the boxes and kind of shakes it. We see the batteries fall out onto the floor. So he's been moving and talking with no batteries. Yeah, and then that's when she whirls around and looks and there's Chucky just still sitting there on like the coffee table. It's so creepy. No batteries in him. But he's talking. For days, he's yeah, been moving days. and talking. Yeah, for at least the past two to three days yeah. I've had this doll, he's been talking. And she goes over, like slowly goes over to the doll and picks him up. She turns and flips him over and opens the back where the batteries are, opens it up, no, no batteries in it. And then Chucky's head turns to order and says, I'm Chucky, want to play? <laughs> she screams and drops him. Yeah, and he like rolls up under the couch. And now how they did that scene where he just like, it's like literally he just drops and rolls. They made this little part of the room on a tilt. So he would roll. So when they dropped him, he would just automatically roll. That's how they did that scene. It was like, I guess that's, you know, nowadays it'd be CGI'd. He would just roll CGI'd up, up in there. But, you know, back then I had to be a little more creative. I always thought that was cool how he just, you know, tucked and rolled up under the couch. She kind of gets down slowly and goes and looks up under the couch and there's Chucky just laying there. She's definitely creeped out with this doll now. Yeah, so she knows something's it's up. Like but something she is off with this yeah, doll something's because off. he it, shouldn't be talking. Yeah. Then she grabs him out from under there and holds him up and looks at him. And like, she's like, talk to me. Talk to me, damn it. Talk to me now. No, he doesn't. And he doesn't. And she's like, okay, well, that's fine. I'll make you talk. 
She takes him over to the fireplace and she lights a match. Yeah, she turns she on the, turns on the gas thing and everything and lights. Yeah, she says she's like, if you don't talk to me, I'm going to throw you in the fire. Then he talks now. He the cute little doll face goes away and it's more like a human, more looking face and yeah. he's evil looking. He comes to life and he just lays into her. Yeah, he says, calls her a stupid bitch and a filthy slut. And he's like, I'll teach you to fuck with me. <laughs> And then he's just like, scream, and she's freaking out. He just screams and just, I mean, he's flailing around in her arms and he just uh, takes his uh, mouth and just bites her like really hard right on the arm. Well, he bites her in the neck first and she keeps oh, fighting yeah, right with him the neck, yeah. and she kind of gets him off of her and he bites her on the arm. Yeah. And then she takes and just flings him across the room. <laughs> you know, then you see him just raise up. And then he just takes off out of the apartment. Well, he was going to run at her at first. And then oh, he kind of right. sidestepped and went a different direction. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because like you think he's headed toward her. And then yeah. he just bolts off and then you hear him go out the door. Get, she gets, she runs out of the apartment and he's going down on the elevator. Yeah, there's like this elevator that goes and he's on the elevator apparently. And she <laughs> tries to run down the stairs to catch it. How do you get the buttons? Maybe, he jumped, quick. Up, maybe he jumped up there and popped it. I don't know because he's tiny. <laughs> She isn't fast enough for the elevator as far as going down the stairs. And when she gets down the stairs, the elevator is already open and he's gone. And she runs out the front door, looks around, he's gone. He booked it. Yeah. (laughs) Which is strange to me because wasn't there snow on the ground out there? Yeah. You would think you would just walk down there and look for little tiny feet in the snow and then follow them. But, you know, obviously not. For some little legs, he takes off, (laughs) you know. The next scene shows Karen arriving at the police station, and as she's going in, she runs into Detective Norris coming out. Yeah, he's coming out. Yeah, she's like pulled up in a cab. Yeah, she tells him that Andy was telling the truth, that Chucky is alive, and he killed Eddie Caputo. And then she tells him the whole thing of what happened at the apartment and says, you know, I went in, you know, the box was there, and the batteries were still in the box. He's talking and moving with no batteries. Yeah, so he's been operating without the batteries since I got him. And Mike is just looking at her like, you know, what the what the hell are you talking about? It's almost like confused and just like this befuddled <laughs> look. He would be like me to a certain degree because if somebody just came up to me telling me this, I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I, I would totally believe it. You would? Yeah, because I'm totally creeped out by dolls. I'm more of a skeptic, I guess. I'll, I'll probably, if it was a horror movie, I'd probably want the first ones dead because mm-hmm. I wouldn't believe anything anybody told me. I, you know, there's a legend around about killers in the woods. I'd be like, whatever. And then I would, yeah. I would be walk out there in the woods and die. Yeah, I'd be like, whatever, whatever. That's when she says, of course, she threatened to throw him into the fireplace and then he came alive in her hand and he got up and ran out of the apartment. <laughs> and Mike just finally looks there and just rolls, basically kind of rolls his eyes and says, good night. I'm done. I don't, I've I've heard your stories. She says, you know, he killed Eddie and Maggie. And then finally, Mike just like basically tells her, okay, I'm, I'm sympathetic to what you're going through. He says, what happened in there today was terrible. But you can't, you're not going to help Andy by lying for him. Yeah. I mean, this ain't going to help your son. She shows him the bite. That's a bite, that's a, that's a bad bite too. Purple. I mean, it's like he took a hunk of meat out of her arm too. And then he looks at us like, what is that? And she says, Chucky did it. And then he just rolls his eyes. He just walks away. I was like, oh, my God. He still doesn't believe her. Yeah. She realized she didn't get nowhere with him. And then she just takes off. And he's like, well, where are you going? She says, I'm going to go find the peddler. 
that sold me the doll and he's just basically telling her you don't want to go to that part of town this time of night it's real dangerous yes yeah, real dangerous but of course she's a mom on a mission yeah. she isn't going to listen at she all. gets in a cab and drives off yeah and I got a cabbie and takes her off and then we cut to karen walking around i guess this kind of seedy part of town this is homeless town yeah this is yeah this is a just basically we're all the homeless and all the I guess what you call the winos and the drunks and everywhere. It's a lot of men. Yeah, mostly men. Yeah, just sitting around. And she's going up to them asking them, do they know that peddler guy? Yeah, you know, maybe trying to describe him. Well, all you got to do is describe the teeth. That's what she, a couple of times she's rubbing at her teeth. That's right, that's right. She's telling them. That's right, I forgot about that. Finally, she kind of spots him over, you know, he's around with some other people. And she calls out to him, and he or he thinks that she's maybe a cop or something after him or something like that. Yeah. And she's like, no, 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 no. I just want to know where you got the doll. And he's acting dumb at first, like, oh, yeah. you know, the doll. Okay, yeah. And she offers him money. Well, he says, what, what, what are what, you going to give me what for What are you going to give me for it? And she says, well, I don't have much, but you can have it. And he grabs her purse from her and... Obviously, it's not enough for him. Yeah. And he says, what else you got? Yeah. She says, I don't have anything else. And then he starts acting like a creep. Yeah. Like, he, he starts turning her around. Like so, he, she's got a lot. And yeah. she's, he's like, he's going to rape her. Yeah. And thankfully, Detective My, Norris comes up and saves her. Yeah. And he, basically, everyone scatters. And uh, Peddler actually almost tries to get away, too. It's like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. You're going to stay here. You're going to answer these questions. Dan, of course, wants to know where he got the doll from. And he says, oh, I've just got it at some burned out toy store on Wabash and Van Buren. And then Mike just looks like, oh, okay. That was, I think, okay, he knows that store, of course. He turned around to leave and and she's like, what's going on? Yeah, because Something that he said to you affected you. Yeah, because Mike, after he hears that, he tells Peddler, just get out of here. Yeah, and you can, yeah, that's what you were saying. Karen Mm -hmm. just looks like something... Threw a, threw a light switch on, on him yeah. or something. Mike just kind of blows it off and says nothing. And then finally, Karen starts pressing him on the issue. Like, Andy's life is at stake. Tell me what's going on. Then we find out that says that he was, he knows where this is. Basically, he says Charles Lee Ray died there, uh, the Lakeshore Strangler. And he was partners with Eddie Caputo. She turns like she's going to walk away, and he tries to stop her. He says, where are you going? And she says, to that abandoned toy store that burned down. And he said, there's nothing there but a wreck of a store. Yeah. And he tells her that it was struck by lightning in the night that Charles Lee Ray died. And she says, how do you know that? And he says, because I was there. I was the man who killed him. And then, you know, she's just kind of curious. I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me this before? He's like, it's not exactly the kind of thing you tell somebody. Then he's just finally like, okay, I'll just, he says, just get in the car. I'll just take you home. As they're getting in the car, Karen says, well, did did he say anything to you? Did he, you know, I guess, I mean, Charles Lee Ray, did he say anything to you? Did he say anything? And he says, yes, he said he was going to kill me and Eddie Caputo. Then we cut to outside of Karen's apartment. And, you know, Mike is in the car with her. And he's like, tells Karen, I'm sorry we didn't find anything that would help. And she says, we did. She says, I found out that Charles Lee Ray is Chucky, but she's just got to figure out how he got got inside the doll. 
then you can kind of just see Mike is already, he's heard enough of this kind of craziness for one night. He says, well, good night, Ms. Barkley. You know, to basically motioning for her to get out of the car. I just wondered if he knew a lot about Charles Lee Ray, he would have known he was into that kind of weird stuff. Well, I think that comes up later. Yeah. He maybe knew who he was, but he didn't know everything, everything. about it. Maybe. Okay. And she wants to know where Charles lived. And he just keeps telling her, just go home. Just get out of the car go home. Then she just finally like, just tell me where. She says, because Andy's life depends on this. Yeah, he's in danger. Then she he tells her, like, 730, like, Stony Avenue. It's on the south side of Chicago. But he said he checked it, and there's nothing there. And then he tells her good night. Says he's going home to get some sleep. She's like, you know, you can't go because Chucky killed Eddie, and he's going to come for you. Yeah, he's going to come for you. And then Mike is just finally like, okay, I've had it. You know, <laughs> get he out of my out car. Of the car. He gets out of the car, <laughs> and she tries to lock herself in the car. Or well, the, she, she she rolls the window up and doesn't lock the car. Yeah, so. I think, well, I think she's about to lock it, but <laughs> he he's a little too quick. And then he just snatches her out of the car. And then she's just like, well, why don't you believe me on all this and everything? And he's like, well, I'm a sane and rational person. That's yeah. why. Which, you know, I can't argue with that. And he gets in the car like he's going to drive off. And she's like, well, remember what you told me the first night that you don't like loose ends and that she's a loose end. And he, she says that he can't just let go of what's happened and, without checking it out. Then he just finally, he just gets in the car and drives, drives off. off. Yeah. And you look at these scenes. You can see their breath. It's so cold. Uh, From what I remember reading about this, they said this was some of the coldest weather Chicago had seen in years. They said it was well below zero. When she's walking to ask all those homeless people, her breath is so thick. Yeah. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, I think they said what they had to do is they had literally cars parked close by and little trailers and little areas, Mm -hmm. a lot warming stations. So (laughs) after you were done shooting your scene, you could run in and warm warm up up. and then come back out and do more. Yeah, because I was looking at this movie, I was like, God, it looks so cold because it's like you were saying, a very thick breath going on. I don't know how I could have kept my mind on what I had to say and do because I've been so cold I'd probably just shivering to death. I thought their coats weren't like appropriate. Uh, no, probably not. No, you'd have seen me out there in like an Eskimo garb out there. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't even be able to know it was me. You know, after he drives off scene, we see Mike back at the police station. He does not like loose ends, of course. And what does he do? He walks over to a filing cabinet and he pulls out a file on Charles Lee Ray. Yep. So he's thinking. Yeah, he's thinking because he might not believe it's the doll, but he believes it's something to do with Charles Lee Ray. Right. So he's kind of curious, <laughs> which now I could relate to that because if I kept hearing the name Charles Lee Ray and I keep seeing mm-hmm. stuff connected back to him, I would be sitting there thinking, okay, this has got something to do with him. He's Maybe dead. it's not a killer doll, but it might be something. <laughs> but he goes back out and he gets in the car. And, you know, he's just driving down the road. I guess this is him. He's going to take the file home and look it over, you know, at his house. And the little red head pops up out of the back seat. Yeah. And then about that time, yeah, you see the little head come <laughs> popping up over. <laughs> then he throws like a, almost like. It's jumper cables. Yeah, it's like jumper cables or mm-hmm. something around Mike's neck and starts to strangle him. <laughs> Chucky goes, good night, asshole. Oh, yeah, good night, <laughs> asshole. And Mike 
basically his foot hits the accelerator and the car's just flying down the road hitting cars and hitting running car. into things chucky's laughing the whole time yeah he's just cackling and mike is just trying to reach around for anything and then he looks at the cigarette lighter he pushes the cigarette lighter in as the car is going down the road and i think he's just trying to grasp and trying to get his hand up under the the jumper cable to kind of get himself some air the cigarette lighter pops out he grabs the cigarette lighter and holds it back and then pushes up against whatever it is and on chucky's face yeah he burns him and burns his face and chucky kind of just screams and then just falls back <laughs> into the back suddenly a knife starts coming through the seat yeah and then mike just kind of is like well you know he's, and then about that time you see a knife come out the back yeah. of the seat and nearly stabs him and now he's got to dodge this knife. It keeps getting pushed around yeah. through the seat. He's trying to sit down. Then it goes like right up between his legs. Yep. Damn near takes his livelihood there away from him. <laughs> yeah. And he's like basically crouched up onto the steering wheel, <laughs> trying to steer this car as it's moving, trying to avoid this knife. And Chucky climbs under the seat. Mike's trying to stop the car so he can get out chucky pushes his leg out of the way and starts the car again yeah pushes, the, pushes the gas pushes the accelerator down yeah the car just keeps going it's going faster and faster then finally the car kind of hits like a barricade or something in the road and flips, flips over mm -hmm. and just slides down the road it's upside down then chucky just pops up and he's attempting to stab mike mike, mike shoots at chucky but doesn't hit him well, he, when he stabbed at him, he just stabbed the knife in the car. Yeah, it just and then sticks. And got stuck. Yeah, he it, had to it's, leave it. It's stuck, and then Chucky runs around, and he says, you can't hurt me, Mikey. And as he's running around the car, Mike is just looking around, and he's like kind of dumbfounded by this. <laughs> you know, It's hard to believe. Yeah, it was hard to believe. And he's just sitting there looking around, and you see the little head pop up behind him where to see this yep. again. And Chucky grabs the knife out of the seat and then runs off and then Mike just looks around. <laughs> and Chucky's just laughing this whole yeah, scene. Yeah, he's laughing this whole scene because he's like, you can hear him around a car, mm -hmm. but you can't see him. He even jumped up on the, the top of it and then jumped down. Yeah, so he's just trying to disorient Mike in there. <laughs> just, you know, where's he going to pop up next? Then Chucky, about that time, just appears right in front of Mike and just like jumps at him like screaming with a knife in his hand and then Mike pulls the gun and fires right into Chucky in like his shoulder area. Yeah, and it just throws him backwards. He screams as he's flying backwards. Then Chucky gets up and he just runs away. And you know, you can see the look on Mike's face like, okay, what the hell just happened here? I mean, I'm gonna get to this scene here in a minute, but I'm just very curious. I just find something about this scene odd, but we'll get to it right now. Then we cut to, I guess it's the next day, and Karen's like in an apartment building and she's paying off somebody, maybe like the landlord or somebody who's there. Yeah, this is Charles Lee Ray's house. Yes, and that's what we find out. She goes into this apartment and this is apparently Charles Lee Ray's. And there's like paintings on the wall. Like the wall's been painted with these odd kind of mural kind of Voodoo things. Yeah, and stuff. there's like odd kind of statues in the house. You know, some of the paintings involve voodoo rituals with this apparent voodoo priest and on one of these things it says uh, thank you mighty dambella for life after death and then we see karen just standing there looking at all this and then we see a shadow of a person 
walking slowly up behind mm -hmm. her, and you can't see who it is. As the person kind of comes in the light, we see it's Mike, and she turns around and it freaks her out because, you know, he was, like, sneaking up on her. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she's like, what are you doing here? And he says, after I talked to you last night, I went to the station and picked up Charles Lee Ray's file, and I learned a few things. His nickname was Chucky. Yeah, his nickname was Chucky. And that he spent a lot of time with a certain man, and he shows her a picture of this man, and it looks just like this significant picture of this black man on one of the walls. Norris is like, we need to find this man before Chucky does. Now, I have a question about this scene. Okay. Why didn't he tell her what happened? That would be, that would be the first thing I hey, would say to her. I would be like, I believe you. Yeah, because he never says it. He just says, I, I went and got a file and it gave me more information about Charles Lee Ray, but he didn't tell her. He just got attacked by Chucky. Yeah, I got attacked <laughs> by a doll. A good I believe doll. you. Y'all are telling the truth. Yeah, I always thought that's the one <laughs> odd scene about this movie because he never mentions it to her on what happened. I guess he tells her on the way. Yeah, oh, I guess that's what you just have to assume that he told her while they were driving there. Yeah, this scene's just to kind of introduce John. Yeah, and the yeah, next scene we see a man, the guy that looks like the one in the a painting. His name is John. He's in his apartment. And he's all walking around. He walks to his kitchen. Then he hears somebody like, hey, John, something like that. And he turns around, and there's the good guy doll, Chucky, standing <laughs> there at his window. He drops his cup of tea on the floor yeah. in shock. And then he just, Chucky's just like, what do you think? It worked. That, what did he call it? The gree-gree work? Yeah, the gree-gree. Yeah. Yeah, like the ritual. I, I guess that, yeah. Yeah, like the ritual work. Chucky says that when he came to him and learned all the stuff about beating death, he thought John was pulling his chain, but he believes him now. Yeah, but he says, I don't. I believe you now, but he says there's only one problem. The last dollars. night he got shot. Yeah, and he says it hurt like a son of a bitch, and it even bled. And he says, why? Then John says... Because you're turning human. And he basically says, the longer you stay in this body, the more human you're going to become. And now, one thing, if you really look at this scene, and this was pointed out, I think, when I listened. I listened to the audio commentary on this a number of years ago. I don't remember everything about it, but I think this was pointed out in the audio commentary. If you start looking at Chucky in this scene, you start noticing little differences. He's getting more human. You notice his hairline's starting to recede a little bit, yeah. like a human. You can see they did these little mm -hmm. touches to make him look like... I thought he almost looked bigger. He's he's like, there's no way. I'm, I'm not going to spend the rest of life, my life in this body. Yeah, you got to get me out of this. John just tells him, you know, he says, I can't do it. He says, you're an abomination of nature. An outrage yeah. against nature. He says that Chucky perverted everything he taught him and used it for evil. And he needs to be stopped. Starts to run off and call somebody on the phone. I assume he's going to go call the police. And Chucky comes in the room and he says, you know, I thought something like this might happen. Yeah. So he came prepared. Yeah. And <laughs> he's, then, he's got a voodoo doll yeah. of John. And then John looks at this and he's like, John's like, give me that. <laughs> and he says, well, how do you want it back, John, with a broken leg? Oh. And then he twist of leg on the voodoo doll and you see john's leg literally break in half oh, right there God, this, this, my leg. this oh. was a rough scene mm. to watch because i mean mm. these bones i mean it's just like it just snaps it like kindling it's just like and john just falls screaming and chucky's like 
you shouldn't tell your customers where you hide things like this, John. Yeah. That's the way he says it. <laughs> yeah, it could be trouble for you. <laughs> and then he says, now, tell me how to get out of this body. No, he ain't going to tell him. And then Chucky just grabs his arm and then twists oh, it and then God. just breaks his arm in half. Too. Oh, jeez. And then John just screams and then Chucky pulls out a knife and he says, tell me or die, John. It's your choice. He's going to stab the doll. Yeah, he's going to stab the doll. And then John just finally tells him he has to transfer his soul into the first person he revealed himself to. Chucky starts laughing. The first person he revealed his secret to was a six-year-old kid. He goes, I'm going to be six years old again. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, well, John, thank you very much. It's you been know, fun. As, and, but he says, uh, I got to go. I got to go. But in John, but you have a date with death. He says, I have a date with a six-year-old boy, and you have a date with death. Yeah. He stabs that voodoo doll. Yeah, he stabs it right in the chest. Well, John's done for. And uh, after this happens, Mike and Karen arrive, I guess, where John's apartment is. And they never crisscross paths with Chucky. No, I think Chucky probably ducked out somewhere. And they get up in there, and they go in, and they walk in, and they find John is there dying. Yeah, he's not dead yet, but he no. tells them it's too late for him, but they must save the boy. Yeah, Mike goes over to call the cops, I guess. He goes to the phone. Phone doesn't work. And he's talking to Karen, and that's what yeah, what you were saying. You have to stop him before he can transfer his soul. You have to stop him before he can say the chant. Karen's like, but how? How do we stop him? How do we kill him? And John just tells him, you have to shoot him through the heart. His heart is almost human. Yeah. And then John passes away. And then we cut to a scene of Andy in a hospital. And he's just in his room. And then he looks out the window. And then we see Chucky going up some side stairs. I don't understand these rooms that they have these people in. There's just bars on the window. There's no window. Yeah. And it's freezing outside. Yeah, I don't know. That was odd. They said that he was going to stay a couple nights with them. I'm like, he's going to freeze to death. Unless there was a w- window and we didn't see it. Because I noticed bars and some of the windows had like, uh, was it kind of chain mail kind of metal over yeah. them? And then some His of them didn't? had. Yeah, that's what I know. I don't know. I almost have to think there has to have been a window there and I just didn't see it. Considering the bars, he was small enough. To yeah. go through the bars yeah. if he wanted to. Yeah, yeah. To me, this is another little creepy scene because you're sitting there and you're watching Andy and he notices Chucky <laughs> is coming up. Chucky's coming up the stairs. And then he calls for the doctor and, you know, he's just like screaming for the d- doctor. He's like, he's, he's Chucky's here and he's going to kill me. Yeah, and the doctor's just kind of just, no, 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 you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. And Andy's just begging like, please help me. Please well, help me. Well, there's another scene of him running. The doctor doesn't come the first time. Yeah. He yells, and Andy runs back, and he still sees Chucky yeah. coming oh, up. Yeah. And then he runs back to the, the door again and starts begging for help. And the doctor comes and says, you know, Andy's like, he, Chucky's coming for me, and he's going to kill me. And the doctor's like, I don't see anyone. Yeah, yeah. No, he just looks right around. I don't see anyone. <laughs> He so, says he's coming. No, he's not here yet. Yeah, so basically this doctor's just like, meh, whatever. <laughs> Then the doctor runs off and Andy just, just leaves him. Yeah, and Andy just starts crying. Oh, because, this scene is so sad. He just slides down the wall. He's so sad. Yeah. Then we see, like, I guess this is like an orderly in like a office or something like that. And there's keys on the desk. And then we see a little Chucky hand get up there and grab the keys. Yep. And he also references that Andy's in number seven. Yeah. 
He's got the keys. He knows where to go. Yep. And then we see Andy, Andy's door. It opens up. The key goes in. Nobody's seen this little doll walking down the hallway. Ugh. I'm going to get into something in the <laughs> behind the scenes on how this has happened a little differently in the early edit of the Oh, movie. okay. And then Chucky gets in there and he walks over to the bed. And it's like somebody's laying in the bed. Under the covers. Yeah. And Chucky crawls up on the bed and he got his knife in his hand and he pulls pulls the covers down and it's just pillows. Yeah. And he's come scooting out from under the bed. He was hiding. Yeah. And apparently Chucky dropped the keys on the floor and Andy grabs the keys and Chucky looks and he's like, you know, oh shit, he knows he's been had. <laughs> yep. Andy just walks over and locks Chucky in the room <laughs> and then he takes off. And that Dr. Ardmore notices that Andy's gone and he takes off after him. And Chucky gets out of the room. I guess he goes to the window. I guess so. He had to. Yeah. And Andy's just like runs and he goes into this other room. We don't know what kind of room he's in and he's well, just like hiding. it might be a room that they do electrical shock treatments on patients. That's what I was assuming. This must be a room of something like that. Because I know you got to talking about this when we watched it. And I was looking at something briefly on it because I was... Still wondering, did they still do electroshock treatment in 1988? So. I don't think so. And I hate to tell you this, they still do it now. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, they still do it now. Is it like that still? Where your face burns to a crisp? No, no, I'm talking about like, yeah. no, I'm pretty sure that wasn't supposed to happen. No, but... it, they do it here and they even do it overseas oh, wow. still too. That's awful. Yeah. Um, because I was just wondering if I even still do. Now, I don't think it's as common of a practice now. I guess but, as if you if you really got a bad case of yeah. something. And Chucky, uh, as Andy's hiding around this room, he's like walking around. Chucky jumps him. Uh, jumps on his back. Who, Andy? Yeah. No, the light, this bright light comes on to Andy and he jumps down on him. And yeah, Chucky, I said Chucky jumps on his back. Basically. No, he just jumps and knocks him down. He hits him in the front. Well, that's what I was going to say. He jumps on his back, and then he jumps on Andy, but then he rolls out of the way. This is when Andy grabs a scalpel. Yeah, because he rolled into a tray full of scalpels. Andy grabs one off the ground. He's just kind of backing up, yeah. trying to see where he might see Chucky. Yeah, I think what he's trying to do is basically back up against a wall yeah, so, so that no, nothing could come up behind him again. But as he's backing up, Dr. Ardmore comes in. And grabs him. Yeah, and he grabs Andy's hand with a scalpel in it. Basically, like, let it go, let it go, let it go. You know, Andy's just like, you know, of course, he ain't strong enough to fight an adult. And he drops the scalpel. And Dr. Ardmore just grabs up Andy and sits him down on the table. Andy's just pleading with him, like, no, no, Chucky's here and, you know, all this. He's about to give him a shot of sedative. Yeah, he's about to give Andy, like, some a good little dose of sedative. And he fills up the syringe, and he's about to put it in Andy's arm. But then we see Chucky was down there on the floor, <laughs> and he grabs a scalpel, and he walks over to Dr. Ardmore as he's about to stick Andy, and he stabs Ardmore in the leg, right in the back of the calf, right there. Yeah, I know, and the doctor falls to the ground, and then Chucky puts that thing on his head that yeah. you would use to do electric shocks on patients yep he and he turns the machine on and shocks the doctor to death i mean he fries him yeah because the doctor's like spitting up blood and chucky's just there laughing at the whole time about doing this <laughs> and he runs out of the room yeah because that doctor's face is like burned his eyes are bleeding yeah his eyes are bleeding Ugh. his face is turning black like it's being just he's it's like his face is his being burned from the inside out 
Andy just, yeah, Andy uses this as an opportunity, like you were saying, Andy uses it and he takes off. Chucky's distracted, I'm gonna make my escape now. And then about that time, shortly after that, or sometime later after that, Mike and Karen arrive at the hospital. Yeah. So they're basically like one step behind Chucky. Uh, for Every time. Part. Every time. Norris's partner's already there, and he tells Karen that he needs to talk to Norris alone. She goes and talks to this little girl while they're talking. While she's doing that, Mike's partner tells him that the doctor was killed and Andy escaped. The doctor was fried to a crisp. Yeah, and, and Mike's like, where did the boy go? And Mike's partner says, don't know. But yeah. then he points over to the girl that Karen's talking to, but she does. Yeah, he says she probably knows. Norris is like, has anybody seen Chucky? And the guy's like, who's Chucky? And he said, the doll. Yeah, the doll. Has anybody seen the doll? <laughs> and the guy's like, why would we know anything about a doll? Yeah, that's probably the last thing you're thinking to look for. <laughs> which would be the last thing I'd be thinking I know. For. You know, and it's just strange to me. Even then, it's almost like Mike's partner don't even know yeah, you know, he didn't say, yeah. okay, we've got a really weird situation on our hands. Yeah. This doll's alive. Call in backup. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Then Mike goes over to Karen, who's talking to this little girl. Karen tells Mike that this little girl says that Chucky was here and was looking for Andy. So maybe mm-hmm. this he asked this little girl, where is Andy? Then you find out, you know, she finds out, well, Andy's not here now. She asks, well, where would he go? Home. I told him to go there if there was any any other trouble and that there's a key up under the mat. So that's basically it. You're in trouble. You go home. And then we cut to, where's Andy? He's at at home. home. And he goes into the apartment. I thought at first he moved a rug and I thought he was, was he moving stuff in front of the door? Yeah, he put the chair to prop it up there. And then he put like a snow sled or something on yeah, it yeah i think he's just trying to get it where chucky can't come in the front door or either at or so he can hear him when he's coming in and then we cut to i guess outside of uh, the apartment and it's at the elevator and the chucky doll is in the elevator <laughs> and there's this old couple that's in the elevator like the woman says oh somebody left their doll in here you he's know, like, just leave it alone. Yeah. They'll come back for it. Yeah, and then the old woman gets out of the elevator and looks at it. It's like an ugly doll. So as the thing goes up, as the elevator's going up here, Chucky say, fuck you. Yeah. I took offense. Yeah, I took offense to talking Please. shit about him. And then Andy goes into his room, and he looks around, and he goes to hide in the closet. And then we cut to the elevator door. Or elevator stopping, and then the elevator door opens, and then we can see up under Chucky's, like, walking to the apartment. Andy's still in the closet. He's He gets in the closet. He and, finds a baseball bat. And originally, I think Andy, there was, in the early script of this, Andy was going to start using his toys to kill Chucky. Like oh. he had a remote, I think there's even one scene in here where you see him pick up a remote control car. He was going to use that. He was almost going to do a Home Alone oh. on Chucky. <laughs> you know, maybe put, I think he was, he was said he was going to put like a little knife on the end of the car, the Is remote control him? car, and drive the remote wow. control car chasing <laughs> Chucky around. Well, that wouldn't have worked. No. It hit him in the heart. <laughs> yeah. But it would have took him down. Though. Yeah. But I think that was one of the ideas. You know, Andy gets, sees his bat and he picks it up. And about that time we see in the living room, we hear some shuffling around the fireplace. And then we see Chucky drop down through the fireplace, the chimney of the fireplace. And he just 
scissor kicks the yeah the um yeah he kicks the grating out in front of the uh, fireplace yeah he's like i'm not going in the front door i'm coming down like santa claus yeah that's it well that was probably a smart move <laughs> then he's walking around looking for andy and you can see part of his body's still stiff because a doll but then you see him walking and it's almost mm-hmm. like his legs are a little more yeah. limber like yeah. he's becoming more, more human. human yeah, yeah. Andy comes out of the closet with a bat, and he's out walking around. He's waiting for Chucky. He knows he's in there. Yeah, and then about that time as he's headed toward around the door, Chucky just looks at him and just screams at him. <laughs> and Andy swings the bat and misses. Drops the bat and runs off. Chucky, uh, yeah, he and then he looks around, and Chucky isn't around anymore. Yeah, he kind of goes in the kitchen, and then their kitchen is it goes into the living room. So he crosses through the kitchen and goes into the living room and he's kind of backing up towards the couch yeah and then all of a sudden chucky stands up with that ball bat and hits him in the head yeah he just bonks mm-hmm. him right on back knocks, of the head, him, knocks out. him out and then about that time mike and karen pull up at the apartment and they're going in and then chucky has andy down on the floor and he puts his hand <laughs> on chucky's forehead and he does yep. the ritual like i do on sabrina all the time <laughs> Mike and Karen are running up the stairs trying to get to the apartment. There's a storm starting like And then again. the storm starts again and Mike looks up and he notices he that, that storm. He's like, oh. He's doing that ritual. He keeps going with the ritual and they get into the apartment, uh, to the apartment door and then they bust into the apartment. Then Chucky turns around and looks and sees that they came in and Karen grabs Chucky as she's picking him up to try to throw him, hell, he tries to bite her again. He I bites think, her on the neck yeah, again. Yeah, he tries to bite her on the neck and everything. And uh, Norris comes up and grabs him, throws him across the room. Grabs him, throws him across the room, and then Chucky grabs a knife out of his uh, out of his clothes, and he runs up and he stabs Mike in the leg and then takes off. <laughs> he, he's tiny. He can't take three people at once, but you know, he's got to do it one at a time. <laughs> And Norris gives Karen uh, one of his guns. He's got two guns. Yeah, he's got his uh, ankle holster gun. Yeah, he gives her the gun, and then he goes looking for Chucky. She's taking care of Andy. And then Mike, you know, walks around the apartment searching for Chucky. He makes his way into the bedroom, and he's Mm -hmm. just kind of scoping the area out. Then he kind of gets down on the floor and looks up under the bed. That's too obvious. Yeah, it's too obvious. And then about that time, we see Chucky run out of the bathroom with a ball bat, and he just rams that ball bat right into Mike's uh, stomach. Not basically almost knocking the breath out of him. Then he takes the ball bat and swings it and hits him across the head with it. And then he goes to hit him again, and then she shoots him. Yeah, Karen comes into the room and shoots him and just knocks. I think she shoots him in the leg, right? I want to say it's like yeah. in the leg. Yeah, and just knocks him like right across the room. Yeah, and then oh, then he sits up and's like, oh, the gun jammed, and then he just goes after Karen, like screaming at her, <laughs> you know, like a little banshee, and then she runs back into the living room and tumbles over the couch. I think. Yeah, she hits the back of her leg on the coffee table and yeah, it knocks it, her the down, table. and then Chucky just jumps on her and bites her again. Yeah, I mean he he's a biter. He likes to bite her. Yeah, he's like our little cat Sabrina, a little biter. <laughs> You know, she takes and gets him, and she's able to, like, fling him backwards into the fireplace. Yeah, and then she gets up and tries to hold the grate over it so that he's stuck in the fireplace. And she's trying to get the matches and turns the gas on, and she's going to set him on fire. 
Yeah. She can't, she knocks the matches off on the floor and they're out of her reach. Yeah, and, but then you see Andy over just he's staring. He's in shock. Yeah, he's in shock by all this. She's and, like, Andy! Yeah. She's trying to snap him out of it, like, come help me. Yeah, because she can't reach the matches and hold him in there at the same time. Because he's going, Argh. Yeah, yeah, he is yeah, violently. <laughs> he's yeah, he's in flipping out. Then Andy kind of just finally snaps out of it, and he walks over and he grabs the matches and he strikes it on to the side of the a brick over there and around the farm. Suddenly, Chucky calms down and says, "No, Andy, we're friends to the end. Remember?" Yeah, and then he said, and then he's like, "This is the end, friend." And he throws the match in there with him and sets him on fire. I always wonder, you know, how Andy and Chucky were talking, like, in the room and everything and stuff like that. You know how he Chucky gets that little nice little voice. It makes me wonder mm-hmm. if he was talking to Andy like that before, being all yeah. lulling him in and mm-hmm. telling him all this. And that was the voice that he He just kind of eased Charles Lee Ray into it. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, I mean, he throws the match in there. He's engulfed. And then, yeah, he bursts into flames. And he's just screaming he busts out of the where he was in the fireplace and he's he's running around doesn't stop drop and roll well, i no, think well, he's, he's plastic it ain't gonna matter yeah, no, it ain't gonna matter he gets I mean, up on the couch and sets the couch on fire and he flips over the back of the couch and then he's just kind of flaring around on the ground and then he just stops moving yeah because brad Dourif does some horrifying screams yeah i mean you almost feel like they set brad Dourif on fire <laughs> and then they said record it <laughs> Because it's a, he does some horrible screams. Yeah. I mean, and that's what you said. Yeah, the body crawls around and then it just burns and it just stops. So you think, okay, evil's punished and it's over. Well, yeah, not, but not yet. You know, if you if you're remembering what John said, you know. Then we cut to uh, Karen and Andy. They go in to check on Mike in the bedroom, and you can see he got a little bit banged up. Needless to say, with that ball bat. <laughs> And Karen tells Andy to go and get the first aid kit that's up under the kitchen sink. And he goes and to go get that. And then Karen tells Mike Chucky's dead. Andy goes to get the kit from under the kitchen. And he starts to run back to the bedroom. And then he looks over where Chucky was. He's gone. And he's gone. And Andy calls out for his mom. Hmm? And he starts looking around, kind of backing up. He starts taking off, running to the bedroom, and then Chucky trips him. Yeah, Chucky trips him, and then we look up, and Andy turns around, looks up, and he sees Chucky standing there. He's badly burned. He's just holding his knife, and I was going to say something earlier when he first got to the apartment. His knife is colored to match his colors. Yeah. It's been painted. It's real neat. Yeah. He's just standing there like a little burnt plastic thing, but he looks very creepy. Well, the thing about this scene is, is if you really look at it, is part animatronic. There's this guy, Ed Gale, who mm. did some of the Chucky stuff. Is like a dwarf midget, like you like to call person, <laughs> who did it. Ed Gale, he did Howard the Duck. Oh, He was okay, Howard so the Duck little. in the movie, so he was a small guy. Mm-hmm. And so it's partially animatronic, partially him. And you can kind of see how it was cut around to where... Where he stabs Norris in the leg. Yeah. When he starts to turn and run, you can tell yeah. it's a person in a costume. There's little bits of each. You know, yeah. they tried to use some of it. And then Andy just kind of gets up and runs into the room. 
And as he runs in the room, you see Chucky coming up and Karen like closes the door to try to lock it. And she's trying to close it. Then you hear Chucky outside just say, give me the boy and I'll let you live. Of course she's not. No, no, of course she ain't going to do that. And then she's, she's kind of holding that door and she realizes it's got two sides where you can go in the bathroom on the other side. Yeah. So she knows he's going to go over and try to get in that side. So she runs across the room to try to get there. She barely gets the door shut before he tries to get in. Yeah, and he starts stabbing through the door. Cuts her hand. Yeah, there's one point where she uh, is holding her hand and the knife comes through the door and stabs. He's got to be strong for a little shit like that. To put a knife all the way through a door like that, mm-hmm. I mean, he's little, but he's got some uh, arm muscle apparently going on. So you on. have this dramatic scene where he just keeps stabbing and getting closer to her face, and she's screaming the whole time. Yeah, and then it stops. You look, and he, next thing you know, he comes through the other door. She didn't lock the other one. No, she didn't, and, and she goes, and she realizes, that, oh, Lord, he's going to come back the other one again. Yeah, yeah. So she... Goes to run back there, but she doesn't. He gets in before. Yeah, so they have to open up that bathroom door and mm-hmm. run through there. Yeah, and they take off to the living room. Yeah, and he's like, "Give me the boy." Yeah, and he's like walking, and he's just like this burnt husk of a thing. And then Karen just pulls out the gun, and she just starts shooting. Yeah, she shoots his leg off, and then his arm off. No, she shoots his head off first. Shot a couple times in him. Point being, she shoots his arm, his leg, and, and his, his head, head off, off, and he just falls on the floor. Yeah. He's dragging himself along. Yeah, but he's still moving. <laughs> he's like a little Terminator. Well, he until the heart shot, yeah. and she didn't shoot him, I guess. Yeah, because I know when she shoots his head off, I mean, his head just rolls down the hallway. <laughs> and he's just, his body's just there. It's almost like it's flailing. And she walks up and just gangster style, just <laughs> unloads the rest of the gun yeah. into him. I'd hate to be the person that lived up under her because she was firing into the floor and that's their ceiling. So <laughs> if there's anybody living up under... You're just sitting under, in your recliner and get hit in the head. Yeah, I know. I was, I, was, I was thinking about that. I'm like, boy, she was <laughs> popping a cap in his ass and down there below him. It was like, oh, gunshots. And she just unloads that gun until literally it's just clicking. You can tell that her and Andy are just... They just don't know what to think. They're traumatized. And about that time, Mike's partner just kind of comes in the door and she whirls the gun on him, and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa easy. <laughs> and then you just see Karen just walk off. She goes in there to check on Mike, and, you know, his partner follows, and he gets there, and he calls for backup, calls for, uh, you know, just, you know, get some extra men there. And then Mike just tells uh, his partner, he says the kid was right, and the doll's alive, and it almost got him. He says, what What are you talking about? You <laughs> and know? Norris tells him, go out in the hallway. Look at that. Yeah. He said, but don't touch anything. Yeah, don't touch it. And Mike's partner just walks out there, looks around, looks at the remains, and he sees like, the Chucky head there. He and just, immediately goes picks it up. Well, he taps on it first. Yeah, but yeah, he's, yeah. he's like, this is a doll. This yeah. is a plastic. It's yeah. not alive. Yeah, he just taps on it, taps on it, nothing. And then finally, he just picks it up like, oh, okay, do, 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 and just moseys on into the room. <laughs> And and they're sitting in there in the bedroom. The guy just sits there and he sits the head on top of a TV. And Mike just looks at at him and he says, I told you not to touch it. He's like, this isn't alive. This is a doll. Yeah, he says, be sensible. It's dead. And then he just keeps tapping it on top of the head. And, you know, it's just like, you know, this thing isn't alive. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, about that time, there's a vent right over beside his partner. Remaining Chucky torso (laughs) reaches out and grabs his partner by the neck. Starts to try to strangle him. Like I said, this little doll is strong. (laughs) 
You have to give him that. Give him Andy. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Chucky head's head is sitting there and is talking like to it's the body. Bossing his body, his other part around. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's like, and it's like, yeah, like choke him, rip his throat out, kill him, don't let go. Basically. Kill them all. Yeah, kill them all. <laughs> Karen runs over and actually saves his partner's life and just grabs the, the Chucky remains and just throws them across against a wall. And the body gets up, and you hear the Chucky head just sitting there saying, you know, get up and kill them all. Then you see Karen look at Mike, and Mike's got his gun out and says, shoot him through the heart. Shoot him, you know, basically shoot him through the heart. Mike aims the gun and fires a shot right through Chucky's heart. Blood splatters everywhere. Blood so splatters you know everywhere. It hit it. And the body flies up against a wall, what remains of the body. Anyway. <laughs> he does a dramatic slide down the wall and it looks like he's at, flipping them off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you see the head and it has this thing and it just does this really creepy thing and it says like hi i'm chucky and it says i want to play and but it, it just and it's very drawn out long like want to play yeah but it and, what it is is it starts with charles lee ray's voice goes back into the voice it's like want to play yeah it's creepy yeah and if you notice the eyeball the eyeball looks human in this. Yeah, it's like if you really, that was something else that was pointed out. They said they kind of tried to make sure that the eyeball, mm-hmm. when you see it, looks human. Yeah. Like, so he was, yeah, he was definitely turning human. Norse kind of looks over to his, part, his partner and he says, do you believe me now? And the guy's like, yeah, but who's going to believe me? Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, who's going to believe you? And, you know, you, of course, hear sirens coming. So apparently the backup is, is there. Well, he called the ambulance when he first oh, yeah, came in yeah, the room. yeah. And then they help Mike up and everything to go, you know, get him out. And Andy's sitting there looking at Chucky. What's left of Chucky? I went and stayed in there with him. And Karen comes into the room for him and says, come on, we're going to go with Mike to the emergency room and everything. And she takes Andy out of the room. And Andy's being pulled out of the room. And he looks at Chucky one last time as the doors close. And that's the end. You can just see... From this ending, this boy is traumatized. Just the way he's looking back at him. Yeah. He, he still doesn't believe he's dead. Yeah, well, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. But that is the end of the original Child's Play. Mm, yeah. Now, I can't remember. Did you want to do a few things of trivia or did you want me to no, do the No, you trivia? just do the trivia since you did so much research and I want you to be able to do all yours. I mean, unless there's something that you did want to mention, I will jump No, because I was just going to read some stuff, but I'm sure you probably got it. So Okay. What we have here is basically the some of the main stuff is the film was made between January and March of 1988. And it was released in November 9th of 1988. So that was about a week before my 16th birthday, I wow. think. The film's budget was around 9 to $12 million, and it made $42 million oh, in the wow. theater, which for $1988 isn't too bad, particularly for a horror movie. And basically, a little bit of the background here. The film's original script by Don Mancini, who is basically the main Chucky person he's involved in it from the word go on this uh, franchise was inspired by the consumerism of the 1980s and the effects of marketing commercials for children that was his basic foundation for this and on stuff like the cabbage patch dot kids like you were talking about earlier 
And even director Tom Holland says that my buddy dolls were a big my influence. Buddy. Yeah, they were then big influence. sister. And so really what you were saying there earlier was part of what it was, you know, the Cabbage mm-hmm. Patch Kids. Because I remember, they was little things I vaguely remember about the Cabbage Patch Kids. You remember there was Tickle Me Elmo's were big. Cabbage mm-hmm. Patch Kids were like that back then, where people mm-hmm. were actually fighting for those things yep. back then. You know, people would get in, in stores, and if somebody had a Cabbage Patch Kid and they could yep. get one, they would literally start scrapping. Didn't you get in an Elmo fight? I almost did. Oh, almost did. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever told this story on here, but I'll tell it again. I don't think we've ever talked about Elmo. I was with a girl I was dating at the time, and there was a Tickle Me Elmo on the shelf. There was one left on the shelf, and she was going to get it for... This is where everybody was looking for them. Yeah, and they just had me one left on the shelf, and I was just like, okay, you know, because she wanted to get out things for her nephew at the time. Okay, we put it in the buggy. We just got going around. And then all of a sudden, we were looking at something else, and this woman and her husband just walked up, took it right out of our, our buggy. <laughs> and I was just like, uh, dude, what are you doing? He says, I wanted this. So I'm going to take it, basically. And I said, uh, you better put that back right now. <laughs> and he said, you know, and then he started trying to start some static with me, like, well, what if I don't? What if I don't? And I said, well, you will. And about that time before things escalated any further, apparently security had seen this, like on a camera or something. And they came up to the guy and they said, what's going on here? And I told him, basically, I said, well, we had this in our buggy and he pulled it out. And security like, okay, well, yeah, we seen that. And he told the guy, put that, put it back. They had it. It's in Mm -hmm. their buggy. It's theirs. They're going to buy it. Yeah. And then the guy put it, he just kind of just shoved it back into the buggy. Mm. And he said to me, like, I'll be waiting on you outside when uh, you leave mm-hmm. and i told him like okay i said we're almost done with shopping i'll meet you out there here shortly <laughs> he just walked off with his wife and i remember the guy from security said do you want us to walk out with you when you're done shopping everything i said no i ain't worried about that idiot i said he i ain't gonna sweat him anyway he said but the security i will walk you out there i said don't worry about it and of course i went out there the guy wasn't waiting on me he's just talking so that so that gives you an idea like i said there was the full craze scale, yeah the craze of anything mm-hmm. like that and i think that's what they were basing this kind of thing this this was the foundation of the script and the original some of the original script titles for this movie was uh bloody buddies and batteries not included now okay. what movie you remember that movie yes yeah the one about the little ufos yes things yeah uh-huh. but they had to change it because it's already used. yeah it was already used wow. by i think that movie and that was a spielberg produced movie and you didn't want to trump on thing on spielberg at the time that would have been a cool name for this movie though yeah i mean yeah the batteries not included is interesting bloody buddy sounds kind of generic but i did think yeah. the batteries not included idea yeah. might have been an interesting one for you know scripts go through a number of development stages this script one early draft of it is the doll had fake blood in it too and what happened is andy and his mom's relationship was a little different in the one of the early drafts she was like some ad exec at some kind of company i guess it involved the chucky dolls oh okay and andy's very resentful of his mom and everything so what happens is Andy mixes his blood in with the Chucky doll, almost like Blood Brothers. Oh. And that brings the doll to life. And the doll acts out on Andy's rage. I like that idea better. And starts killing people for Andy. But they 
I think they kind of felt like that made Andy a little more... Yeah, more evil. Yeah, and they didn't want to like go with bad that. Bad character. Yeah, like, like, you know, he wasn't... Yeah, and I Villain. think... Villain. Yeah, and I think that, in like, the whole thing with Andy's mom wasn't very sympathetic or anything, because she was, like, mm-hmm. one of these uh, parents that just didn't pay attention to their kid. Yeah, I just kind of got the feeling that she's struggling without the dad to raise, pay for everything, and she's a single mother, and... Yeah, yeah, so... The scripts, of course, go through various stages. I mean, I don't know that I... I mean, I think it's an interesting idea, but I think it's a more interesting idea when you hear it than probably what it would have been. The Child's Play remake that they did actually involves... It's not exactly like that, but the Chucky doll is an AI in the remake. So it kind of plays a little bit in that direction in the remake, but not exactly. But like I said, it was just very interesting reading that version of the script or that draft that they, they made. And I was like, hmm, that, that might have been an interesting take, but I don't think it would have worked. Before Tom Holland was on this film, some of the filmmakers that were approached for it was William Friedkin, who did The Exorcist, of course. Uh, Irvin Kirshner, who directed uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh-huh. And Robert Wise, who directed Data Earth Stood Still and Star Trek The Motion Picture. They were all approached to direct, but... For one reason or another, it didn't happen. Okay, now we're going to get into some of the the behind-the-scenes issues on this. This was a very troubled production. Originally, Brad Dourif couldn't do the voice of Chucky because he was filming Mississippi Burning at the time. He filmed his part, and then he had to go do another movie. They brought in two different people to do the voice of Chucky. One of them is John Franklin. Now, you might not know who he is by his name, but you're going to know who he is when I tell you. Okay. He was Isaac in Children of the Corn. Okay. The leader of that. He was one of the voices of Chucky. And they tried his voice. They even put like a little electronic kind of thing over it. But they test screened it, and it didn't work for audiences. They didn't like it. Okay. Then they tried a next one from an actress named Jessica Walters. She was in Play Misty for Me, and she is, uh, like, in Arrested Development, she was in that. She's since passed away, but and I think she's like, plays the mom on the animated series Archer. She was brought in to do the voice. A woman? Yeah, because they were going for, like, an evil or kind of feminine voice for Mm. Chucky. They tried that in test screenings, and it did not work either. Audiences, it just didn't fly. Now, John Franklin's voice, you can still hear it in the movie because John Franklin's voice, you know, the commercial that Andy's watching at the mm-hmm. start of the movie, like the grown-up, the guy in the Chucky suit, that's John Franklin's voice oh, doing the, the okay. good guy voice in there. That's the only part that he remains in now. So how'd they get him other one back? Okay, I'm about to get into that. About that time, they realized none of this wasn't working. So what they did, Brad Dorff had just finished mississippi burning they brought him back and they said no we need which i don't understand why they didn't think this to begin with like you would think naturally brad dorif played charles lee ray he should do the voice of because yeah, he talks in those parts now i can understand that he had to go off and do another movie but said okay well when yeah. you're done we're gonna need contract you in to yeah. get do some voiceover because back then Nowadays, they could do it from their house yeah. with all the uh, yeah. technology. But back then, you had to actually go in a studio and a booth mm-hmm. and do it. But now, you don't really have to do that. After Mississippi Burning was done, 
they say, hey, Brad, we need you to come in here, do the voice of Chucky. So that's how that went. But these bad test screenings before Brad Dorf came in, the test screenings were for a two-hour cut of this movie. This movie is only an hour and a half. Audiences did not like it. Of course, you know, they changed voices. John Franklin and Jessica Walter, their voices didn't work. So they lopped out a half hour out of this movie. Wow. Among scenes that they cut, you remember right at the start of it, when the first shots you see of when Mike is chasing Charles Lee Ray, you see him like throwing something off of him. That was a dress. Mike had a dress on. What happened is Mike was using himself as bait. He's a strangler. Yeah, and you know, since the Lake Shore Strangler, whatever. He's killed women, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and Mike was dressed as a woman, and I think Charles <laughs> like Lee bait. Ray. Yeah, like using himself as bait. So when you, there's a whole scenes mm. there that involved like a stalking scene, oh. I think is what it was, or something like that, where Charles was stalking this woman. Then, of course, you come to find out, no, it's a man in the dress, <laughs> and it's Mike. And he ended up chasing him. Yeah, so you can see it just very briefly right there at the start. Yeah. If you're watching the movie, you see Mike fling something <laughs> off of him, and you can't tell what it is. I, I mean, because when I first watched it, I thought it was maybe his coat or something. But no, it was a dress. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's one of the things that was cut. You know, there's other scenes, for example. It's like there's one where Andy is showing Chucky around his room and talking about his dead dad. So that's how Chucky knew to say later on that he sent know, me. Yeah, he sent me. Yeah. And of course, you know, you see a photo of the dad there, and that's uh, director Tom Holland, like I said earlier. We also see a scene, you know, you how you assume the voodoo priest is maybe a bad guy. He's not. There's some scenes before that shows John, this woman brings her child to John, and John heals the child with the voodoo. Well, I figured he wasn't because he said, you perverted everything I taught you. But it actually shows that mm -hmm. John, because you almost assume maybe John is just like a shady character or a bad mm -hmm. character, but he's not. A lot of that was locked out. There's a scene where the mentally ill girl that's at the hospital that Karen's talking to, she's the one that was leading Chucky around to get to Andy. Oh, wow. That's how she knew about Chucky. Like I said, they kind of just streamlined it and cut it to where just Chucky goes and gets the keys off of there and goes yeah. to the room. But that was some of the stuff. That's just a little bit of the stuff they cut. There was actually a lot more than that. Tom Holland was basically removed from the film after his cut. The two-hour cut didn't work. So they went in, the producers and everybody went in and wow. recut the movie. Ryder was brought back in because he wasn't allowed on the set because of a writer strike. He was brought back in to make suggestions on mm -hmm. what we see now, on mm -hmm. cutting the film to what we see. And one other thing, the composer quit halfway through, about three weeks into scoring the film, so they had to find a replacement person to score it named uh, Joe Rizzitti, Renzitti. And he had three weeks to do the score for this movie, wow. the whole music author the movie he had three weeks to do it which is wow. mind-boggling to me he did good yeah he did good i mean considering the time frame that he had he did good one of the last things i have here is that this was made at a time when mgm united artists was in a bad way they had this guy brought in to run the company who was basically trying to gut it mm -hmm. financially child's play Almost wasn't released, I don't think, because oh, wow. of this. The guy just was basically trying to cut corners, cut money everywhere. Mm -hmm. The people that 
were there who got Child's Play made, were fired, and they were gone. So basically, Child's Play, in a way, was just almost dropped into theaters. It's already a hard sell. Yeah. Like a doll that's attacking people. And they just didn't have no confidence in it. But Child's Play was released number one in theaters that weekend. It came out. It stayed in the top five, I think, for weeks. Because it was released the same week as, I think, Ernest Saves Christmas. And stuff like that. So, and it is actually the number one film. Of course, it did very well for United Artists, who ironically sold the rights off for the sequels, and they were all done by Universal. Oh, wow. I'm going to kind of stop right there, but I'm going to make a quick recommendation here. A lot of this information I got is from a book called The Reign of Chucky, or it's called Reign of Chucky, and it's by Dustin McNeil and Travis Mullins. Like I said, I think the Dustin McNeil and all, for example, they've done books on the Halloween series and various things like that. And if you read them books, I think the books are called Taking Shape. There's one book about the Halloween series and there's another book about Halloween movies that weren't made. And this is by them. This is a highly recommended book. If you're a fan of the Chucky series and you want to know behind the scenes information and all the background on them, well worth picking up. Where can you get it? Amazon, Amazon? wherever you want to get it. I don't own any stock in this book. I'm not getting paid for this book, but I'm just saying it's a good read. If you're a fan of this series, it's a good read. It covers the film series. It covers the development. Most of this information I got was from this book, and there's piles more of it in there. This is just a little taster. Like I said, highly recommended book. That What I want to do is, as far as the series itself, you said you only seen part two, right? And Bride of Chucky. And Bride of Chucky. Mm-hmm. Now, what did you think of those two? The second one I liked. The first one will always be my favorite. Oh, of course. You of really course. can't touch it. Of course. But it was good to kind of continue on with Andy. And it was kind of, yeah, I didn't like that his mom wasn't in it. But yeah. I guess they just went a whole other way. Well, I thought it was very interesting on how you found out that the cops basically denied everything that happened. I know. So I mean, even Mike and all of them, even <laughs> not, like, no. what the heck? and then it got his mom put in a mental hospital. <laughs> I was expecting Mike and Karen to get together. Well, that's the funny thing about it. They and didn't, you do they, her that way? They didn't play that because there was no, I guess this movie moves, moves so quick, there's no time for romance or anything. <laughs> but yeah, so you've seen two and you've seen Bride of Chucky. What do you yeah. think of that one? I liked it. Uh, it's been a while since you've seen yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's been years. Okay. But I like the, what's her name, Tilly? Jeffrey Tilly. Je- I love her. Yeah, she's very good. Yeah, I like that maybe. Me, as far as the series, I like part two a lot. Don't think it's as good as part one, but it's a good movie. Three, I don't know, you never did see it. It involves Andy is about 16 in the movie, and he's in military school. He's sent to a military school. I did school. see that one with a little black boy. Yeah. I saw that one. Yeah. That one, to me, is probably the worst of the series, mm-hmm. but I still like yeah, it because... Child's Play 2 came out. They had Child's Play 3 in the theaters nine months wow. after part two. That's, That's how quick they get it. And you can tell. trying to slam them out. Yeah. And like I said, I don't think Child's Play 3 is a terrible movie, but it's the weakest one. Now, Bride of Chucky, when I got to that one, it, the first time I seen it, I wasn't that crazy about it because it leaned a little bit more into comedy. Mm-hmm. But then I watched it another time later and I'm like, okay, yeah, I can get behind this now. It works for what it is. Directed by Ronnie Yu, who directed Freddy vs. Jason. And you get a doll sex scene. <laughs> and a doll bickering scene, too, where, where 
the couple that Chucky and Tiffany kidnapped, they're trying, the couple's <laughs> trying to play each other off of them and make them argue so that they can make an escape. Yeah, and then right there at the end of the movie, uh, Tiffany has a little baby. Seed of Chucky. And then we move into Seed of Chucky. Basically, the uh, Seed of Chucky turns out to be named Glenn or Glenda. It's a trans uh, child. <laughs> Him, her. <laughs> And this one is more of a flat-out meta-comedy. Comedy, yeah. Because Chucky kills Britney Spears in the movie. Chucky is jerking off at one point in the movie <laughs> uh, to, I think, to, uh, I, what was it? There was something about, it involved Jennifer Tilly. Because Tiffany wants to get into Jennifer Tilly's body. Yeah. Because <laughs> Jennifer Tilly plays herself in the movie. <laughs> Seed of Chucky is another one. The first time I watched it, I wasn't that crazy about it. But then yeah, I watched it again. Yeah, I watched it again. I'm like, okay, I kind of see what they're doing with this because <laughs> it just went into more flat out, just comedy, kind of yeah. meta comedy. And I was like, whoa, it's a very different. You watch the first one, then you go to see Chucky. It's like, whoa, night and day. <laughs> but I like it more now than I did. And then we go into Curse of Chucky, which is probably my favorite sequel. Really? That they did. This one goes back more to the original movie. Mm. It's more, it's like almost a old dark house, scary movie with mm-hmm. a doll. And of course, it's a Chucky doll. It has Brad Dorif's daughter, Fiona Dorif. She's the lead in the movie. She's like a girl who's paralyzed and her family around her starts getting knocked off by Chucky. And it's a, it's a great movie. It's, it's so good. And then we come to the final theatrical film of the time. It's called Cult of Chucky. And it takes place shortly after the kind of dark ending of the previous movie where the, the one character in a mental hospital and Chucky's gone to the mental hospital to get her. But we see, spoiler alert, multiple Chucky dolls alive. Oh, wow. And they explain how all of them are alive because there's a number of them in the movie. And it's a very good movie, too. I mean, not as good as Curse of Chucky, but it's definitely interesting. And then it kind of tees things up for the TV series. I've only watched the first season right now. I've got the second season sitting there, but I'm purposely holding back on it because I want to kind of ration it out. (laughs) But the series is very good. I was amazed how good this show was. It was very dark at times and very funny at times, too. And it had... Two of my favorite things. And if every episode ended like this, it would be a perfect series. I love when Chucky jumps on people and his little legs are flailing around when he's jumping on people trying to get them. I love that. And if it had that in every episode, and there was one episode at the end of season four, I think, where he killed, Chucky kills somebody in the hospital. And the kids are like looking around. They see Chucky and they know he did it. And then Chucky just turns into him and flips him a bird. <laughs> And everything. And I'm like, if every episode ended with Chucky flipping a bird, it'd be a perfect show. But the Chucky series is good. I mean, it's it's a very good series. And you said it was pretty gruesome, right? Oh, the, oh, the last, some of the last shots of the movie. I think in the last episode, some of the last stuff that happened in there, I genuinely flinched at one thing that happened to one of the characters. And I was, I just like, ooh. I mean, I just mm-hmm. literally felt my nerves. <laughs> just, you know, it was very unsettling but the good thing about the series you almost i mean you can watch the show without watching the other movies but it's more helpful to have watched all the movies going into the show because you'll get more out of it but you can still watch it as its own thing 
Yeah, I mean, but like I said, I highly recommend this series in general. The TV show, first season is great. I can't speak to the second season, but everybody's told me it's just as good. Like I said, I just wanted to jump in there with the series. And like I said, definitely check it out because it's a film series that went from horror, moving into comedy, into meta-comedy, then right back into horror. Then mm -hmm. it's kind of skirts the line on both now. But that TV show had some very bleak stuff in it. I mean, to me, it's like I said, highly recommended all across the board. But with that, I guess what we're going to do here is we're going to give our final thoughts on the on the movie. Uh, what, mm -hmm. what did you think of uh, Child's Play? Oh, I love this movie. I was real happy when you chose it because I knew it would be real fun to do this on yeah. the podcast and talk yeah. about it. Is this, it's a childhood favorite. Actually, my family would just watch it and laugh and die laughing together. I, I could see it that. It was something we shared. Oh, of course. Even my brother liked it. He still quotes Toki to this day. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I know. I, well, I do the uh, Dewey, Dave, and Bella on our little... You do that cast. and you do Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. The Collie Ma on her little belly. Yeah. yeah. Pulling hearts out. Yeah. Pull her little booty belly out. Yeah. This is our slasher month. Some people don't consider it a slasher, I guess, but I do. Well, he uses a knife and he kills... He's killed... It just knocks people off. kill people with yeah. a knife. So, but he yeah. uses other methods, but he's a knife. So, I, I qualify as a slasher. Well, when I looked it up to see if it was when we were deciding to do a slasher, yeah. it said it was a slasher. Okay, well, there American you go. American slasher. There you go, dude. Okay. So, Chucky's just... He's a good character. Like, he might not have been a, as good a character if that guy didn't do him. Oh, Brad Dorff. Yeah, yeah. Brad, Just his voice is perfect. Yeah, yeah. It makes the it helps make the movie. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's you know you think of it's going to be a doll that doesn't really talk, it just kills. But no, he's got a foul mouth. He's funny. He's like all angles. It's almost like Freddy Krueger. He's yes. got a personality yeah. to him. Yeah, and it, it, you laugh watching him. Yet there are these parts that you're like, whoa. Exactly. This is not corny. This is actually a good horror movie. Well, this is, uh, he's a character who loves killing mm -hmm. people. And he loves playing with people and he loves killing. Yeah. Oh, he's like a manipulator. I think one of the creepiest scenes in the movie is when he kills Maggie. Yeah, that's Just that's that good. being, if you've ever been by yourself and you get that creeped out feeling and every noise scares the shit out of you. And just, they were really good at playing on that feeling. You know, is it the doll? Is it Andy? You know, what is going on? Well, I think another early script idea for this movie was you didn't know if it was, but at the end you found out it was Andy. Oh, wow. That would have been a turn. Yeah, yeah. I think that was one of the early ideas as well. <laughs> that would have shocked you. Yeah, it would. I enjoy doing this podcast, and I hope you pick some more or I'll pick some more later. Oh, the Chucky yeah. movies? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be against doing some of the other ones, you yeah. know. But yeah, I mean, we'll we'll look into that down the line. But do you have anything else you want to mention about well, this? Uh, I think all the characters were good. Andy was was this his first movie or? I want to say it was. He wasn't a real developed character, but I think he was pretty good at like emotions and stuff for a kid that young. Yeah, I think there was some people that were a little upset when they heard that how the director got some of them emotions out of him was telling them, you know, react to how something like if your mom and daddy were dead. That's uh, not good. <laughs> no, but the boy that played him, you know, he, as he got older, he said he, he understands it. He said it didn't, yeah, it, he it said didn't it, affect didn't, him. it didn't affect him. Well, that's good. But yeah, I think that's how he got some, like the Orioles crying mm -hmm. and, the, and the thing that you was talking about. I think mm -hmm. that's how he got that. 
kind of stuff. Because I, I like if you ever had a toy that was so your favorite toy. I had one, and I think I've spoken about him before, Blind Dog. Yeah, I remember you talking about him. I right? took him everywhere. Nobody could talk shit about him. Nobody could say anything to me. Yeah. You know, my aunt was always trying to sew eyes on him because she had a problem with disabled people. And she couldn't stand that he was blind. And I'm like, well, his name is Blind Dog. He can't have eyes. And I would rip him out. I'm pretty sure she told my mother that yeah. there's something wrong with your kid. I mean, no, there ain't nothing wrong with it. You, no. just, you didn't discriminate against mm-hmm. uh, dis- disabilities. Yeah. Yeah, and I had dolls. You know, I was like most little girls. I carried my dolls around. And I had a few dolls that I loved. I had Cabbage Patch dolls. I had... A My Child doll. I had a really big doll, but I can't remember what. It probably was the size of Chucky. But it wasn't like, I can't remember the name of it. We were too poor to have My Child. Oh, well, yeah. Those were expensive. Or Kid Sister for me. I think I I do remember. I never had a Teddy Rubskin. I never had any of that. I did have Star Bright. No, Rainbow Bright. I had Strawberry Shortcake. Mm. I had all those dolls. Oh, I remember them too. Dolls are just a big thing to children. Yes, they so are. So for it to come alive and start killing. Well, I was going to get into that in my review, but I'll get into a little bit of it here. This movie is very dark mm-hmm. and very tragic in that you look at the star of this movie, this little boy is all about good guys. He loves his good guy stuff. And then this is the, when you're a little kid, you don't really have what you would call friends. This was supposed to be his friend. Because that's what he says in the commercial. I'm here. I'm your friend. Yeah. He wants a little friend because you don't know how long the dad's been dead. And is he struggling to adjust in life? Yeah. It doesn't show any in the school, whether he had friends or anybody that he related to. Yeah, but if you sit there and you look like you was even... I was going to bring this up, too, in my review. You talked about how you've seen other kids walking in with good guy dolls. Mm, that's very So popular. that just means maybe these little kids don't associate with each other, and all you yep. have is your little your friend, little your doll. little good guy doll. Yeah. And what happens with Andy's good guy doll? It's alive, and it tries to kill him. So mm-hmm. you could tell, like I was even saying, this boy is mentally scarred at the end of this because his only friend turned against him. Then it was almost like his identity. Yeah. He dressed in it. He ate cereal. That's he, what I was saying. You know, everything was he, a good guy. He was consumed by yeah. it. Yeah. And it's like I said, and it turned against him. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I can see exactly what you're saying. I, that's why I was going to bring up my review, but I thought I would throw that in there since you kind of was bringing yeah. it up yourself. So I probably would have... Blind Dog probably could have gotten me to do anything. I loved him so much. Yeah. He had an unfortunate catch-up accident, and my mom threw him away and stuff trying to fix him. Oh. Didn't tell me. Like, that was typical of my mother. Just yeah. not, that's no. not... So what? Yeah, didn't you bother. Know? Didn't bother. Yeah. Oh, I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown. Oh, I can imagine. Now, when you're a little kid, your toys are your life. I told my dad, take me to the landfill. I'm going to dig him out. Yeah. You know, I wanted to go get him. He wouldn't. Well, that, he was gone. Yeah, he was gone. Yeah, landfill. There ain't no teller where it was. But yeah, I can see what you. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly. All kids like your mm-hmm. your dog. I mean, all kids have those toys that are just that is them mm-hmm. at that age. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I completely understand. What so you're you know at. that being the theme of a movie is just very interesting. Oh yeah, know? I agree. I agree. They turned it into like a horror movie. <laughs> oh, yes. Very much so. Like I said, very dark. Yes. Very dark for what it is. I mean, it has humorous moments that involve Chucky. Mm-hmm. But really, you look at this movie, it's very bleak yes. in a lot of ways. 
You got anything else you want to throw nope. in there? I'm ready to do my rating. Okay, I guess um, I'll see what we'll go with here. One out of ten good guy dolls. I guess we'll <laughs> go with that one. One being the worst, ten being the best. Where's this movie fall for It's a nine for me. It's a nine. It's beloved. It's like Gremlins to oh, me. Oh, yes. Beloved. Can't, can't argue Nobody with that. Nobody can tell me anything. Oh, can't argue with that. I won't listen if they try. Well, you know, rightfully so, because my <laughs> review is going to be pretty glowing like yours is. This movie, like I said, my theatrical experience with this movie was just, I mean, it was a great movie. I loved it. Everybody in the theater loved it. The scene that we were talking about where she discovers the batteries weren't in the doll. Everybody in the theater gasped <laughs> because they realized the audience knows that Chucky is already killing people, but the people in the movie don't know it. So they were almost, they were right behind the mom at that moment. Oh my God, she's in danger now because yeah. she knows. She knows. And I just remember the audible gasp in the mm-hmm. theater when the batteries fell out of the box and she whirled around and looked at the doll. <laughs> it's just like that theatrical experience was amazing. I miss those theatrical experiences. I like that so much now. So the, this really happened in like two to three days. I'm going to say within a week's time. Wow. Yeah, within a week's time. You know, to go into the the main review, this is just, it's a very uh, tight and efficient movie. When we was watching it uh, one night where we was just kind of watching it just to kind of get our bearings on it and everything, I was amazed how quick this movie still moves, even now, mm-hmm. because it starts, it hits the ground running, mm-hmm. and it goes till the end. And it's a good storyteller. It just, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I get, I mean, I'm not usually for people coming in and recutting movies and cutting them down and everything because sometimes I think you lose a lot of stuff. But I think in this case, it worked. Everything that was done worked, which is rare, but it does happen. The performances are just solid all the way around. In this movie, you just talk about um, God. What's his name? The boy played Andy. His name's right there, and I Alex forgot. Alex something. Uh, Alex Vincent. There you go. I mean, he was very good in this movie for a child actor. You really sympathized for him, yeah. and, and I mean, looking at the movie, I can connect to that boy. Like we was talking about his age. Mm-hmm. I loved my action figures. I loved that kind of stuff. That was my thing. Yeah. Like he loved his doll, and he, you know, conveyed all that really well. Catherine Hick. Hicklin, she's great in it. To me, I love their relationship. You can tell she really cares about her son. Mm-hmm. Her son is her life. And it really showed because I think what was talking about that early script thing, if the parent was kind of a slack parent that mm-hmm. was just all about her job, and then yeah. you wouldn't have felt any connection to him, I don't think. And, of course, Chris Sarandon is great. He's always great in everything. Even though so, he turned out to be a shithead in the end. Yeah, well, as I said, him and the partner both. Because they even said to him, I, I, who's going to believe me? So it's either, what do you do? She wow. probably stood by the sun, and they were like, you either cover this up, or you're going to go to jail, or you're going to do something else instead. Well, nowadays, you know somebody would have caught it on the cell phone. Well, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> this is pre-cell phones. I mean, I just think the film is very solidly directed, the animatronic stuff is great. I love, like I was talking about during our discussion of it, the mix of animatronic, and you had uh, Ed Gale, who was doing some of the Chucky stuff. And then, of course, the cherry on top is you have uh, Brad Dorf doing the voice of Chucky. When I was reading this stuff about different voices, yeah, 
I was blown away by yeah. that when I read it. I was like, that, that's perfect. Why? But then, of course, you know, I read all the issues behind it. Thankfully, it kind of came back around. I guess it was meant to be yeah. that Brad Dorif did just it. just be Chucky. I can't heap enough good praise on this movie. I mean, I really can't because it's probably one of the best kind of slasher movies that's been made as far as that, just how tightly and efficiently it's done. And it's not corny. No, it's very... It's humorous. Yeah, it's got some humorous parts, but it's played very straight. Because that's the one thing it always... I always love when I watch these movies. And when you're watching an actor say some of the most ridiculous stuff, but they are selling it to you whether you believe it. (laughs) Like I said, if somebody came up to me and told me a doll was walking around and was alive, I'd be like... You know, I'd be Gosh. like Mike. I'd be like, oh, Lord. She is like, when she's talking to Mike outside the police station, she's saying it with such conviction, you're like, okay, maybe she's right. Yeah. You know? You know, I mean, and to me, she's selling it. Like, the little fucker bit me. Yeah, he bit you. <laughs> yeah, showed the bite. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's like I said, I can't give this movie enough praise for the genre that it's in, like a horror kind of slasher mm-hmm. movie. It's damn near perfect. Yeah. I mean, I can find very little fault in this movie Mm-mm. at all. But, I mean, like I said, I mean, we talked about some of my stuff in your oh, review, so, <laughs> so I don't really have a lot more I can say. I was going to go into all that stuff that you talked about, but that's fine. I mean, we, we got it out of the way anyway. Like I said, just overall, this is just a great movie. This is highly recommended for me. I'm going to do mine now. Uh, one to ten good guy dolls. I'm going to go a nine with you on this. This is going to be a very high nine mm-hmm. to a very high nine. Yeah. This almost hit 10 because, for like I said, for the genre it is in and everything, it's top shelf yeah. to me. It's top shelf. And all the behind the scenes trouble that went into this movie, it amazes me it turned out as well as it did. Mm-hmm. It amazes me it did. So, like I said, check this out. Highly recommended. And I'm going to throw in something right here. Sherry will not let me have a good guy doll. Nope. So if anybody out there wants to buy me a good guy doll, <laughs> write in to the, to the movie clinic at gmail.com and ask uh, where your address is, and I'll give it to you. And if you want to mail me a good guy doll, go right ahead. And then you can just make sure you give them your cell phone number so they can call and talk to you when you get divorced. No, because <laughs> you will grow to love Chucky. Slap the shit out of that no. thing. No, 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 no. But with that, I guess uh, we're, we're going to end our discussion of Child's Play. And what we're going to do here is we're going to do a little quick top three here on some of our favorite kind of slasher movies. Carrie has just picked some slashers that she likes. My slashers are going to not, I wouldn't say they're my favorites. But they're slasher films that were released the same year Child's Play came out, 1988. Okay. If you want to do a double bill of two slashers from that same year, you can do that. Or, you know, some of Sherry's picks. I think her picks are a little... Yeah, every, I just different. had to pick what I'd seen. What we're going to do is just give you a little title and then a little brief plot thing in case you haven't seen it. But for that, I'm going to let Sherry do her number three. We actually did this movie last year on a podcast. Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Yeah, we did that Christmas Mm -hmm. last year. It's a killer that you don't quite know who the heck he is, what he's about, but he just kind of terrorizes these women in this house. It's like at a college kind of... Yeah, like a sorority house. Sorority house, yes. Yeah. Yes. 
And it's got some twists and turns if you've never seen it. Yeah, or uh, do yourself one better. Go back to our episode and listen to that's that. That's right. Because uh, we, mm-hmm. go, we uh, do a deep dive into mm-hmm. that one on there. But yeah, that's yeah. a great movie. Our yeah. December episode last year. Yes, a uh, very, very good movie. Okay, my number three is, and all three of my movies are sequels. I didn't even notice that, Todd. Just looked at them. <laughs> my number three film is a part four of a movie, and it's Halloween Ford or Return of Michael Myers. Ten years later, after he is dispatched in 1978, Michael Myers is out of his coma, and then he is after his niece, Jamie Lloyd. This is one of the continuities of Halloween where Jamie Lee curses Laurie Strode is dead. So her daughter is being uh, chased by her uncle, Michael Myers. This was a good kind of restart for the series. A lot of people didn't like Halloween 3, but I did. But this was a good bring back of Michael Myers if they had to do it. Well worth checking out if you haven't seen it because it still holds up pretty well. It kind of definitely has the flavor of Halloween 1 and 2 and it kind of, you know, stays on that track. But like I said, that's going to be my number three and that's Halloween 4. Like I said, highly recommended for me as far as a good slasher movie. What do you have for your number two? April Fool's Day. Yeah. I haven't seen this in a long time, but I watched it a lot when I was younger. It's a very good movie. It really shocks you at the end. It just shouldn't. Yeah. And I still remember how audiences got mad at the movie because of the ending. But I'm like, you shouldn't all buy the title. Title, how, how yeah. it was going to do. Yeah. That's what I liked about it. But, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, what you got any other stuff? You just got say? a killer. You don't really know who they are. Yeah. It's just like, going around slashing. Yeah. Just a, a killer going around killing people. And mm-hmm. then the ending, you get your twist. And yep. it's a twist that, like I said, is very obvious if you look at the title. <laughs> But yeah, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. I remember going to the theater to see that, and everybody was so mad walking out of the theater. At that <laughs> Got movie. no sense of humor. And I thought it was great. I was like, "Boy, I must be." I'm, uh, uh, I was definitely the odd man out. Let me put it that way. But I love that movie too. So, yeah. So that's your number two. Yep. My number two is a part two, and it's Sleepaway Camp Two. The first sweet Sleepaway Camp is a pretty bleak kind of horror movie this one is a little bit more comedy but it's still very horrifying Uh, the character of angela from the first movie escapes from a mental hospital and is basically now a summer camp counselor and she basically starts killing people off who aren't good people and one of the worst deaths in this movie involves like a death in an outhouse which is just so disgusting now, even thinking about it now, it just makes just my stomach Being in an house is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> now, this one is a decent sequel. It's nowhere near as good to me as the original, but mm-hmm. it's a fun kind of just popcorn slasher movie that you just kick back and just enjoy for what it is. <laughs> Don't take it too serious. Yeah, it might be a problem for people who are with delicate sensibilities since the killer's technically a trans person. Oh, no. But... You know, if you've got delicate sensibilities, don't watch any movies from the 80s. <laughs> because you're going to get offended left you'll and right. You'll get by. triggered. Yeah, you'll get triggered. You'll be clutching your pearls and, and doing, you know, you'll need a fainting couch to faint on. Like get women. that smelling salt. Yeah, so, yeah, if you're, if you're highly sensitive, don't watch movies from probably... Even probably 1990s back. Because you're going to get offended by something. Mm-hmm. But that is my number two, and that is Sleepaway Camp 2. Like I said, not as good as the original, but I can recommend it. And what's your number one? This was such a huge thing when it came out. It was Return of Horror. Scream. 
It was screened. Yeah, it was everywhere. I went on a date to see it Mm -hmm. and spent most of the night in his hoodie, my head in his hoodie, because I was so scared of this movie. This movie got pretty gruesome. This movie brought the slasher movie back. The first fifteen minutes is like really shocking. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. The first fifteen minutes of the movie, I remember I was almost worried because the first 15 minutes were so good. I was mm-hmm. like, this movie's just gonna suck from now on because yeah, it can't so get no, it can't get no better than this. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was worried about when I first but watched that movie. It was Return movie. of that slasher horror. Yes, it was. That had kind of died down for a while. It died down. I think the slasher movie was all but dead by 1989, 1990. It was all but done by that time. Yeah. So this so, was a rebirth. You know, birth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it brought it back. I mean, it, it did. I mean, a lot of people, I know people who don't like Scream. They think it's mm-hmm. too jokey. They think it's too, people are a little too self-aware in the movie. But I've had to point out, I said, the movie brought the slasher movie back. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the slasher movie was in the ground dead. Mm-hmm. By that time, so and when you find out who the killer is, shocks. You yeah, know. yeah, and it's yeah. a real good twist at the end. Yeah, and say what you want to, but yeah, the movie Very had a good solid. twist. It had a good twist. It had good kills in it. I mean, to me, I remember going to the theater to see it myself, and I loved it. I mean, it was a better movie than I thought it was going to be. I wasn't really sure what to think until I went and seen it, and I really liked it. So yeah, I mean, that's a great pick for a number one because that's like I said, it brought the slasher movie back to life. Can't argue with that. But so that's your number one screen. And my number one is uh, another 1988 slasher. And this one is Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Dream Master. Oh, yeah. Probably the most profitable of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies at the time. This movie made a dump truck of money. This is the, the one thing. I watched the most. The one with uh, the where Alice and him are fighting in the old church at mm-hmm. the end and stuff. And a girl who gets turned into a cockroach. And she's in like a roach motel. <laughs> yes. And, thing. and oh, like you can check in, but you can't check out. And he just squeezes it and all that <sighs> pus comes oh. out. That was a rough scene because uh. she's like lifting the weights and her arms break oh, off. God, and they was, turn into, uh. Yeah. This one is awesome. I mean, there's a lot of people that give this one shit because they think it's too much of a comedy and everything. I don't know. It just. It was both. It, it was a comedy, but it had some very rough moments in it it held to its horror roots i mean and that's like i said by nightmare on elm street 3 freddy the freddy movies had become kind of more dark fantasy with with horror in it and this one right here was dark fantasy comedy and horror i don't know i still love this one i mean the elm street movies are another series outside of part six I'm not really a big fan of that one, but the other ones I think are very good movies. And like I said, I can recommend Nightmare on Elm Street 4 because that's another one. It's a fun popcorn slasher movie. You know, I love the lead actress, uh, Lisa Wilcox. I think she's really good as Alice goes from this little nebbish girl. So by the time Mm -hmm. at the end, she's got all of these powers from these other people that are killed and she's in there kicking Freddy's ass. (laughs) Yeah. I loved it. Go I mean, girl. I was all into this movie when it was in theaters. I mean, I was, yeah, I was pumped for this one. <laughs> and it was so good. But that is, uh, that is my number one, Nightmare on Elm Street 4. And with that, I guess we're going to start to close everything up here. And like I said, I write in to me about the, the good guy doll at the movie clinic at gmail.com. And that's T-H-A, not T-H-E. David's going to need friends when he gets divorced. (laughs) But they'll be my friends to the end. (laughs) Remember? Uh, Yeah, remember. (laughs) And like I said, or send us any kind of uh, 
if you got any feedback on these episodes, let me know what you think of Child's Play or the Child's Play series. I would love to hear your thoughts on and it. We've gotten quite a few requests, so we're going to be doing probably some months next year. That yeah. are just user picks or yeah, listener picks. Yeah, we, we got a number of listener picks. And we're what we're going to do is we're going to probably do like a listener request month and do, mm. you know, that kind of thing. They've and been picking some good stuff, so we're so, going to so, do them. Some interesting picks. And like mm-hmm. I said, our, this year, since we're, we're nearly at the end of this year. Yeah. So we just thought, well, what we're going to do next year, we're going to start trying to pepper some more of those in and, uh, you know, kind of knock some of these out. Because, yeah, you're right. There's some very interesting picks there. I'm very curious mm-hmm. to do you know you can also uh check us out on our facebook page you can send any comments or questions there you know i would feel free to send any requests there or any comments on any mm-hmm. episodes or you know like i said i'd be very curious to hear people's thoughts on the child's play series because i really enjoy it you know i would love to hear anybody you know what's your favorite child's play or chucky yeah. movie and also, you can find the uh, podcast at our uh, webpage at the movie clinic at uh, movieclinic.com. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I always forget that. <laughs> but, you know, the movieclinic.com, or you can find us on Podbay, Player FM, Spotify, Spotify, you know, any of the podcast apps. Check us out there. And I guess with that, what we're going to do is we're going to announce what we're doing next month. This is going to be our Halloween episode. Yeah, and what we're planning to do here is instead of the movie clinic, we're going to be the TV movie clinic. TV movie clinic for October. Yes, and what we're going to do here is uh, we're going to do a couple TV movies, and I'm going to let Sherry announce what her pick is going to be that month. This is my all-time favorite Halloween movie. I try to watch it every year, even though the last two I've missed. Just too much going on. Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. From 1981. 81. So good. Such a good movie and a movie that scared me when I was it's a little It's creepy. Kid. I watched it when it first aired. I was eight years old, nine years old when it aired. Yeah, it scared the shit out of me. I don't blame you. Yeah, it was a good movie. So I'm I'm actually looking forward to covering that one. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, but that, that was uh, what we're going to be doing in the month of October. And, and we're also going to do another episode this month, the Slasher Month. You oh, announced it before. Yeah, did I already mention Mad Men? Yeah, yeah, we got one more coming up this month on Slasher Month. And really what I was doing here is I wanted to do one movie that had a good franchise behind it, which was Child's Play. And my pick is Mad Men for 1981 is the next movie, a movie that I'm shocked didn't get a franchise. There was no sequel to Mad Men. It was a one and done. <laughs> so that was another one I wanted to pick because I'm just, you know, you, you look at that movie and you wonder why it didn't. But we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get into the episode on that. But I guess with that, like I said, we will go ahead and wrap the episode up proper here. I guess until next time, I'm David. <laughs> I'm Sherry. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Ha, 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 ha.